everybody, and welcome. That's not what I wanted at all. We're doing it again. Oh, boy. Shazam! Lots of power of technology. We have gone into what is actually our layout for today, June 20th, as we experience Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, Part 23, Council of Speakers. As we said earlier, today is June 20th, 2021, and you are loved. That is a very important thing that we like to remind each and every single one of our viewers and listeners at the beginning of each and every single one of these games. If this is your first time joining us, you can go to youtube.com slash indoor adventures to check up on all of the VODs of each of the games that we have played up until this point, including full playthroughs of Curse of Strahd, Ghost of Saltmarsh, Waterdeep, Dragon Heist, Tomb of Annihilation, and most recently, our Masks the Green Sun campaign using the Masks a New Generation tabletop RPG from Magpie Games. Uh, absolutely fantastic game miniseries, not just as the storyteller behind it, but also as a fan of the players that are in it. Go check it out. It's really neat, but obviously after this game. Um, we are also available anywhere audio casts are made available for free. And speaking of things that are being made available for free... If you go to patreon.com slash indoor adventures, you can check up on our after show called Knights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from the community, but also from each other. So if you have any questions that you'd like to ask myself or any of these other fine folk, feel free to join us again at patreon.com slash indoor adventures. But let's say you already support us on YouTube. You already support us on Patreon and Twitch and all of these other places. And you're trying to think to yourself, where can I go to help support this fantastic show even more? Guess what, buddy? I got your back. Quite literally, in fact, because if you go to indooradventure.redbubble.com, we got t-shirts, we got posters, we got mugs, we got crop tops, throw pillows, shower curtains, aprons, clocks, wall scrolls, maybe? I don't really know. Redbubble has a lot of neat stuff on there, including, but not limited to, tea masks designed by our very own Cyberwolf1201, where all the proceeds end up going to help support Doctors Without Borders, and... We did it just in time. There are 11, maybe 10 days left, uh, depending on when you guys are, are viewing this. But hey, we have a pride line now. That's right. You can go to indooradventure.redbubble.com and we have t-shirts, posters, mugs, crop tops, throw pillows, shower curtains, and aprons. All that have hand hearts that say you are loved in a variety of pride flags. If you do not see your flag there, please leave a comment below. Hit me up on Twitter or even indoor.adventurer at gmail.com. Like, let me know and we will do our best to add your flag to our variety of merchandise because we want you and also the people that you care about to know you are loved. That's a very important message that we like to say at the beginning of each of these games and also sometimes the end of the game as well and obviously throughout the entirety. But all of the proceeds of that pride merch at least for the rest of the month is going to be going to support lambert house which helps uh trans kids so go check that out but that is it for my spiel liz or no satan who are you playing today hi everyone my name's satan and today i will be playing kuori our goliath fighter and we both go by shile oh hi it's me liz mac i'm back this week playing lydia our rock gnome cleric and we both use she her pronouns I am the indoor adventurer, and tonight I shall be playing as Hart, the wood elf druid. We both use he, him. I'm Wings, also known as Danae Keener, she, her. I'm the DM for tonight. Let's get started. Behold her everlasting rhyme. See how it covers all. Weep not for those she traps in time behind her glacial wall. 
Uh, when we last left off, I do believe that Lydia was busy uh, with a ritual that was going to take several days, uh, blessing some Chardolin in preparation to have it inset into some armor that Kaori was uh, crafting for her uh, out of some boulette uh, chitin that they had harvested from a boulette that Lydia had slain um, with... Uh, with what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's not impudence. It's like malice, but not. I was big angry. Yeah, <laughs> big it's angies. true. Um, she she did that. She 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 was mad and she killed it. It's dead now, uh, for good reason. However, um. I believe that uh, unless there's anything that you want to cover as far as the ritual blessing the Chardolin goes, Liz, uh, we could start off with Lydia um, sort of coming out of the several day trance that she is uh, was in uh, to find that the Chardolin uh, around her uh, glows with a faint holy light uh, that begins to uh, fade, but... Um, still responds to her touch uh, and when she reaches out to it with uh, her uh, when she reaches out to it for the familiar um, connection of divine magic she can sense that uh, the power of the Raven Queen are in these uh, black crystals <clears throat> um, however she find some cookies next to her. I believe Hart left her some cookies. And aside from that, the cabin is largely empty. Sort of wandering about, you are able to find a few notes. Uh, one from Kawori explaining that they were, that they had left. Uh, somebody was trapped in a ruin and needed help. Um, and it couldn't wait. And there is a note there letting you know when to expect them to get back. They'll probably be back in, like, a day or so, hopefully. Otherwise, you might have to go looking for them. Um, and another note that you find is uh, a piece of unopened mail uh, that's just kind of sitting on the counter. Uh, and you come over to it, and you can see that it is from someone named Hlyn Trollbane. Do I recognize the name? Uh, give me a history check. Oh, oh, hold on. Gotta pull up D&D Beyond for the first time today. <laughs> oh, there we go. I have it saved to my homepage with the little picture of Lydia, so I just click on Lydia's Aww, face and it so brings cute. it up. But it takes a second to load because it's D&D Beyond. I believe my history is plus four. So. Lynn Trollbane? Lynn Trollbane. Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, you would remember her, actually, as an ex-adventurer who had approached well no actually i you wouldn't remember her shoot yeah you weren't there for that god darn it okay i will who is it addressed it, to it's addressed to kawori uh specifically lydia would probably here here's what's gonna happen so while everyone is with away and <laughs> lydia has woken up from a very long very stressful magic draining trance um mm -hmm. 
she's going to have a little bit of you're homesick from school, but your parents are at work type of day. And she's walking around the pa- the house with the cabin with like a shirt on and underwear, but no pants and like eating eating just food from a bowl at random hours of the day, <laughs> music going like, and she's, she's going to put the letter down. And the first, the first day that they're gone, she'll just like walk, walk past it. That's fine. The second day that they're gone, she's going to look at it a little bit longer. <laughs> and if they're gone a third day, she will use her magic to create a little steam to lift the wax where you can't tell it's been lifted. Oh, amazing. And read the letter. <laughs> All right. Um, it's from a... <clears throat> Like, you recognize the name as a dwarven name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from a, 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 a dwarven ex-adventurer. Um, the, like, return address is in Bryn Shander somewhere. Uh, it basically says, uh, I heard that you took care of Sephic. Um, I am a dwarf of my word. Uh, and I know I promised you 400 gold, but I heard you had a little trouble. So I added a little something extra for you. Um, and there is a, like, a a little pouch that came along with it, and it's filled with 400 gold. Lydia will, again, heat up the wax a little bit and just (laughs) reclose it, curiosity uh, sated, and will continue uh, living large in the cabin, just kind of relaxing for the first time in a very long time. She'll probably read a book that she's meant to read in a for a while and it's just been too busy to do so just really having a a good old relaxing time while everyone's gone uh at some point while everybody's gone uh there will be a knock at the door um and when you go to answer it you find behind it there is a man in winter clothing uh just kind of all covered up uh in in you know in the way that most people in uh oh my goodness Bollywood <laughs> no the entire place holy towns sure yeah neverwinter <laughs> okay like smaller than neverwinter but bigger than 10 towns like my brain said rhyme of the frost maiden and i'm like that's not a place that's the name of the book icewind dale thank you oh my god <laughs> it's the prefix to the other part <laughs> Some it's sometimes windy. <laughs> sometimes my sometimes my brain just goes like this is where the information is and like blocks off all other information and I'm all like it's not in there. I swear it's not in there. It's all like it's in there. You can't have any of the other information in your brain. It's in only this little pocket. Oh okay. to the best of us. Anyway, uh <laughs> I will remind you there is a sign on the door that says no vacancy. <laughs> It does. Uh, however, the person who is can't knocking, read. yeah, <laughs> this sign can stop me. I can't read. <laughs> person, person who is knocking at the door uh, has an axe beak behind them, uh, and Lydia, you recognize this as a mail carrier uh, in Ten Towns. Uh, it's basically the Axe Beak Express. Uh, they carry mail in between the towns. Um, it's Bobbert. It's it's Bobbert. Oh, hey there. <laughs> um, I didn't know about the sign. I figured I'd give it a try. Uh, cause, uh, I'm kind of carrying a lot of money here. I just, um, 
I, I didn't want to hold on to it for too long. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I will happily take that off your hands. Uh, and he just like hands you a, a pouch. You can hear the uh, the clatter of uh, precious gemstones inside. Uh, and he ha hands you a letter that has the crest of East Haven on it. Do you, do you need to see some ID? Do you need me to sign? Oh, shoot. Thing? I probably should, huh? This is a lot of money. It is. I'm really, uh, I, I, you know, I, I haven't been doing this for too long. Oh, I just, you're doing great. I just wanted to hang out with Axby because I think they're pretty cool, but the male part is really stressful. Hey, you know, I definitely understand, but you're doing a fantastic job so far. Um, <clears throat> uh, thanks. Uh, and, uh, he'll, he'll <laughs> check your identification. <laughs> Do we have ID? <laughs> you just you pull out your axe beaks dri honestly, driver's license. Uh, it would have to be like a, a signet or a ring of some sort. I, mm -hmm. I, I imagine that. My, like my employee card from my parents' store. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it, you would either have like a, a, a written missive or, or more likely a signet ring of some sort. Um, he checks that, makes sure everything's good, um, and he hands it off to you. Um... <laughs> You like what's what? What do you do? You check the money first or the letter well, first? Firstly, I, I I ask our lovely mail carry. Are you are you hungry? Do you want to warm up inside for a minute? Or... Oh, uh, I'm not allowed to accept any gifts or, or or anything. Lydia says, "Oh, just wait one moment," and she she goes and she'll she'll get a few of the because I imagine that like heart came by every day that they were there that Lydia was in a trance and just left new piles of cookies. <laughs> yeah, if possible. Uh, uh, so uh, having woken up surrounded by cookies, she like wrapped them so they wouldn't get stale and she grabs a stack of cookie, good cookies and hands them to the mail carrier. These are, these are extra. They're not a gift, but they're really yummy and your axe beak will like them too. Did we name this axe beak? Bobbert's axe beak? No. Mike's a no. Okay. Mike Sickle? <laughs> That's the name of it? Yeah, his name it is, is Mike for Mike Sickle. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask Satan to do it, but I am so glad <laughs> that they cut in. Okay, yeah. Bob and Mike, short for Bobber and Mike Sickle. <laughs> Here you go, Mike. Tosses, like, the entire bag of cookies into the air, and Mike just eviscerates it, just like... Rah, 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 rah. You ever see, uh, like, a, um, a secretary bird, like, attack a snake? Yeah, they just fucking step on the bitch, like, it's Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> yep. It's brutal. Okay. Dance Revolution. I was just gonna say, like, a Cookie Monster level of enthusiasm, but yeah, that works too, I guess. You never see a secretary bird, like, kill a snake? No, but I've got a knife in the courtyard this. You ever seen a secretary bird? They're wild as fuck. Yeah. Every time. We just get weird birds. <laughs> dear, dear listeners, downtime means chaos with this it's, crew. It's so true, though. <laughs> I was all like, oh my god, how am I going to be able to fill all this time? Don't worry about what. it, we got you. I don't gotta try. Um, Alright, so uh, Bob and Mike uh, head off, uh, leave you with a, a bag of gems and a letter from East Haven. Lydia will very quickly go to the letters and see if any are specifically addressed to her or the party. 
-hmm. as a whole. Uh, this one's spe specifically addressed to the party as a whole. Then she will open it without any <laughs> sneakiness. <laughs> without any duplicity. Um, yes. Granted, uh, she would not have opened Corey's letter had they come back uh, on the first day or the second elegant. day. It was the third day. She just had to know. I, I hear you. I hear you. What, uh, what if it was them sending secret messages for help? I would never know unless I looked. Oh, exactly. Precisely. Uh, you crack open this letter. Um, it's from Speaker Danith Whalen. Um, essentially saying, like, thanks for the report on everything that you did over at the Dark Duchess. I'm sure you did everything you could. It's good knowing that that Shardolin is out of the wrong hands. Um, we have sent you payment for your job, and we'll let you know if we need any more help. Excellent, excellent. Um, Lydia will spend the rest of the afternoon. She will finally put pants on again. Uh, <laughs> and like sit down at one of the desks and count up the money and jewels mm -hmm. um, with the existing party fund and um, come up with a new total. All right. Uh, all of that. I'm taking my money too. <laughs> so it's 400 gold pieces from Hlyn Trollbane for killing Sephic. And you will find 12... 500 gold piece gems for the Dark Duchess job. We're rich now. Shit. 12. We got oh adventurer. Boy. Yep. Oh boy. I could get a ring spell sword, maybe. And that's 6,000 gold pieces. Holy shit. Okay, hold on. In total. So I think what Lydia would do is being very democratic as she is, um, everyone would get four um, of the gems normally because math, but everyone is going to get two of the gems and then the rest are going to, the other six are going to go into the party fund, mm -hmm. which puts the party fund so that everybody knows at $5.3,000 and you each get a uh, thousand gold worth of gems. Okay. Yes. Maths. Maths. I hate math. Why did I make myself a treasurer? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, speaking of... Uh, Wait, how much did we get in gold? Sorry. A uh, thousand gold a thousand per gold person. Jemmies and a thousand gold gold. No, no, no. A thousand gold total. It's in gems. Okay. But, gotcha. Um, and then the party fund is at 5.3 thousand. All right. And while you're sitting down crunching numbers, uh, Lydia, you and Kuori had sat down and worked out how much the materials are going to cost for your armor. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. going to be 2,000 gold pieces. I will pay for it with my money. Okay. Uh, and that's all of the number crunching that I've got for right now, right up until the moment where we go into town and you guys start buying things. Um, but that's it for now. Um, so we leave Lydia, uh, puts on her little cap and starts doing the accounting glasses, glasses uh, uh, on the tip of... Her 
just balanced on the tip of her nose, burning the midnight oil, um, working out the party funds. Uh, we'll cut back to Hart and Kawori. Um, you guys are very close to getting to home. Uh, a few days ago, you actually uh, parted ways with uh, Roberta and Dazan, um, just on account of the fact that they're they're not going to want to head to Lonelywood. Um, in fact, they're going to head clo- uh, more towards Bryn Shander, uh, thinking that that's going to be a, a better place for them to go. Dazan gets the idea that maybe less people will recognize him there. Um, and uh, Roberta is going to be a, a little bit better set up for uh, continuing her travels uh, by going to Bryn Shander. So they say their goodbyes and split off from you. Um, they go on foot and you guys continue on your dogs. Yeah. Eventually, like, it's just like Corey, like opening the door, like it's a dark and storm and snowy night. There's a huge, <laughs> uh, uh, big silhouette of a figure on the door and you just see Corey. Hey, Lydia, you done? Yep. Lydia is like in one of Corey's. Like I imagine Corey having like a really nice reading chair by the fire, but Lydia can like have one head, like have her head resting on one armrest and then her feet up on the other. Oh yeah, and she's just yeah. big chilling, reading a book. There's a pile of money on one of the tables and gems. <laughs> as Why you do walk we have in. so much money? Uh, well, we got a lot of mail. There's a letter for you, Corey. It's addressed to you, so it's. Re- it's right there for you to read, sealed and everything. Um, and then we got some money for um, uh, dispatching of our good old buddy Sethic and for the job um, with the Charlin. Um, so I've, I've relegated it into personal and party funds and all of that is done so you don't have to worry about it. You guys can just come in and get warm. I've got a good fire going and some food. And there's like a nice veggie stew currently going um, on the fire. Okay. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, Corey will kind of start taking off uh, jackets and just pick up the letter, open it, read it. Heart is it's just, just like rushing in, give Lydia a big hug. And then he's going to tell her all about uh, all about Roberta. Like yes, they tell met, me everything. Like we met this, we met this hobgoblin who wasn't really a hobgoblin. They were actually a snowman, but only a snowman after you took their hat off. And like he's just like rattling it off. He has. There have been so much. He found out uh, Roberta talked to his Axebeak, and the Axebeak's name is Basket. Uh, Lydia is just like listening intently and like brushing snow off of Hart's like <laughs> coat and shoulders and. Uh, you know, there's a few, a few pieces of like foliage stuck in his antlers. Always just mindlessly Always. taking off. Uh, <clears throat> so, hey Lydia. Uh, yes, Corey. Did you read my letter? <laughs> it was sealed and addressed to you. Yeah, but you also said we got money for the spashing of Suffolk, which is what the letter says. jingle and as the party treasurer I wanted to make sure that all the coin purse and the letter are two separate things Lydia 
No, 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 no. It was inside the envelope. Oh, this entire 400 gold was inside this little paper envelope. <laughs> I thought maybe what uh -huh. if you trying to send me, a, you know, a distress signal and I had to come rescue you. Why would I, why would I address it to myself? Why would I, why? Be why? Because it's coming to your house. Otherwise, it might accidentally end up at my parents' place and I'd never get it because my mom totally goes through my mail. <laughs> so you're your mom now? You go through my mail. Oh, God. Uh -huh. You're turning into your mother. Oh, God. Corey's just going to walk over to Lydia and just thump on the top of her head with the letter, which is it's just paper, but just boop. I love you. I love you too. And she'll just pick her up and give her a hug. I'm so glad you're both home. <laughs> Good. Let's let's eat and talk about the uh, uh, how illegal it is to open and read other people's mail. <laughs> Everybody gets caught up on uh, what happened uh, at the Netherese Tower. Uh, Kawari, you can open up your pack and start unpacking uh, the mm. multitude of books that you uh, got there. Uh, Lydia, you see Kawari uh, stacking up um, piles and piles of what looks like very old and very complicated books. What do you got there, Kawari? Books. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I meant what types of books. You got some, you know, historical fiction. You got some romance. If, uh, if I tell you, if I don't tell you, are you going to go through my stuff again? I make no promises. It's books. And if there's <laughs> smut there, I will find it. Uh, unfortunately, there is no smut. But um, I do have... Uh, I don't remember where we put the names of those books. I am. Um, I, I know that there are a few things that are specifically mentioned in there, but I'm also yeah. willing to say, like, uh, if you're looking for particular information on certain things, we now have an excuse for, like, where okay. that knowledge came from. We, we now have a nebulous treasure trove of books. Yeah. Um, uh, I do have two specific ones, uh, that we did write, which is Ajumar's Guide to the Fantastic and The Unfettered Mind. Ooh. That, this last one is a little, it talks about, like, how to exist as a disembodied brain that prefers served, uh, in, like, a magical suspension fluid, uh, it's a lot of sketches. I didn't want to show hard. Uh, this one, the guide to the fantastic, is uh, on illusion magic. Oh. <clears throat> and then I got a bunch of ones on potions making, uh, which is good because I have three potion bases and I have no idea what to do with them. Well, then it seems some, some studying is in order. I know. This is great. I love it. That was another thing I wanted to bring up is that... Uh, during this uh, this time that we're going to have where you're finishing up the armor uh, and working on mm -hmm. your own armor uh, that you've planned out, uh, you've decided that you wanted to get some adamantine armor as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can um, 
I don't know. Did we discuss that on air? Was that just before? No, going that was just before going okay. on air. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So by paying um, the regular amount of uh, money, uh, what would be mm -hmm. essentially you're going to pay the regular amount for a set of armor. Uh, for rule of cool, you are paying for materials to make your own armor. Mm -hmm. And then we're just hand waving the time that that would take and saying that you are buying higher quality materials that would mm -hmm. take less time to make. Mm hmm. Um, and I'll decide what the other books are because I kind of want to go through them and see what I want to like probably after this game or mm -hmm. during break. Uh, oh, uh, oh so it, something might come up during game, we'll see. Yeah, um, just because I don't want to say, like, this is a book on tying knots. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, I, I know everything that's in it. <laughs> we we can we can decide on uh, we we. Case by case, we can figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. Be, it'll be fine. Um, but I, I had, I do have four potion bases that can make like resistance to like elemental and stuff like that. So I was thinking we could all have one, and there'd be an extra one. I could uh, like customize it to each one, so I could make like a potion of cold resistance or lightning or like force. No, sorry, I think it's just elemental bases. I'll double check. I don't know. But yeah, do you want something? Do you want to resist something? Um, so while that, while Corey is kind of just like nerding out over the books, Lydia is still listening intently, but she's also like walked into the kitchen area and has started making some like hot cocoa and, um, and just like a few snacks and brings it over to Corey <laughs> and like sets it down at her like desk area and her mm. little reading nook, uh, which is something that Lydia will continually do over the course of the next few weeks, where she just becomes a little bit of a house mouse uh, while Corey is studying and mm -hmm. creating armor, uh, and just like every time that Corey like has this feeling of hmm, I'm getting hungry or getting thirsty, she'll look to her left and there will already be food and a drink there. Mm. Um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Are uh, you using that psychic thing again? Maybe. You'll never know. Mm. Um, we're going to go to Bryn Shander, correct? Uh, eventually. Mm -hmm. Uh, well. Um, we're still in Lonelywood. Uh, uh, I'm, I want to stop by the speaker's house. Okay. Sure thing. I'll bring over, like, toys for the kids that she's mm -hmm. named or something. Yep. I uh, forgot the speaker's name, but... Nimsy like, Huddle. Nimsy. Hey, Nimsy, good to see you. <laughs> well, hello there. What's going on? Uh, I was just wondering... Uh, is that all, um, in still for sale? I, well, yes, actually. Uh, uh, it's not for sale so much as, uh, just kind of rotting away in the corner of town. It's well, kind of up for grabs. Do you just want to... Are you going to do it? Uh, well, I don't know about opening an inn, but, uh... It seems I'm taking on bigger smithing projects. 
uh and i you know if i opened up like a like a blacksmith that's had open rooms i don't know what i'm doing yet but i do need the bigger space and i know this place was still up for grabs all right yeah that would that would definitely work out i mean Honestly, there's kind of a, you know, there's a need here for an inn. Like, uh, all the people who come into town are all just staying at my place for now. Um, but, you know, like, Danae could always just, like, get the lucky liar up and running as an inn. Uh, she doesn't have to stay a tavern forever. A tavern and an inn can be the same building. It, it doesn't make any sense to me that why they keep on putting them into separate buildings and stuff like that. I always get them mixed up. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Uh, I I am considering putting it up as an inn, uh, but uh, I might talk to a few people first. All right. Well, uh, just let me know, and I'll make sure to get the uh, paperwork all figured out for that. Oh well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I... This entire conversation occurs while just, like, kids are running around. Yeah, you know, doing Corey probably has, like, two kids on, like, on each arm that she's just, like, pull up so they hang from her biceps. Yeah, it's like a kid goes running by with a screwdriver yeah. and she just snatches it out of his nope. hand and he keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I was thinking, well, the, one of the ideas was to turn it into an inn again, live there, and turn my old place into a uh, blacksmith's workshop. Oh, I could see that working out too as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but like the name the Frosty Anvil came to mind. Hmm. That sounds or very... Forged I... in ice. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop those. I don't it's, know. I, better than the ramshackle. I mean, like you know, it's all yeah. it's all, it's all ramshackle now. I know it's. I know it was supposed to be a pun, but it, it, like it doesn't sound like a place you'd want to stay. Yeah, like it just didn't age well. Mm -mm. Well, I mean, it's aging. <laughs> that's oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's still not aging well. But yeah, how about this? Because if not, I'll never do it. Get the paperwork. Let's get the paperwork ready, and then I'll start doing some plans on renovating. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Okay. She, like, opens up a, a drawer. It's all full of, like, sewing, uh, like, equipment and stuff. And she, like, kind of rummages around in it and, like, gets out some papers that were, like, underneath it. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, immediately gets to work on it, all the while she's got, like, a kit, like, a, a baby on her hip. Mm-hmm. The Corey's just giving the baby like a bottle, like a sippy cup. <laughs> yep. Uh, but after that's done, she's just uh, gonna go back to the the little cabin, and then just look the heart and Lydia. I did something. I don't know if it was the right thing. Oh. Um. What? What do you mean? Did you? Did you get into a fight? Did you accidentally kill someone? Do no. to bury a body? No. <laughs> Believe it or not, that is not my day-to-day -day life here in London. No, no I, I know, but like you did some... The way you phrased it, I was a little worried. What what, what did you do? Uh, well, you... Do you both remember that inn 
Dr. Ramchako Inn at the edge of town. Yeah, so. along with the ghost heart. <gasps> heart sort of like gets a like a little close and just is it a nice ghost or a bad ghost? I don't know yet. We'll have to find out. Well, why will we have to find out? Because I own the place now. <gasps> Congratulations! Did you beat what? the ghost in order to get control of it? I <laughs> Is the ghost your new roommate? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't been to it yet. Uh, but listen, I don't. You know the whole oh, we're supposed to defeat that big evil because this old lady from a cult had like a dream and we were in that dream and whatever stuff. Um, I've been told yes. Yes. Uh, listen. I don't know if that's the truth. I don't know if that will happen. But... It will. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about that yet. Um, but... Uh, you know... It might be nice to think of a future. And I did... You know, I am good at blacksmithing. I, I was a... I technically never got promoted to full blacksmith because, you know, I was, like, exiled before I got to do that and all that stuff. Oh, no. But I could turn my little hut here into a smith while I run the inn as well and stay there and make money. But I might need a lot of help. Well... Whenever this path that we're on is done, um, however long that takes, I definitely don't want to move back in with my parents. So I'd be happy to help with the inn if you'll have me. Once, once we fulfill our destiny, if, if we're all still around. That sounded a lot more morbid than I meant it to. I just meant that, like, I don't want you to take this as, like, uh, an official acceptance of employment or anything like that. Because I, what if I can't commit to that? And what if I end up not being able to help? And then you're short-staffed. And Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to help me with an in-heart? If you own an in, does that mean there's going to be pie? Yes. Then yes. We'll call it Hearts Pie. <gasps> you would we could do even that for me. Of course. And Heart just like has this like, like <laughs> eyes watering at the idea of somebody naming a pie after him. Are you okay? Mm hmm. <laughs> he just sort of like wipes at his eyes. Okay. <laughs> just give him a little hug. Heart, maybe we could also make a garden <gasps> at the inn so that we can grow stuff like stuff for the pies or Corey's gonna learn how to make potions so we can grow some like of the ingredients that they need. Um, and then maybe Chewingas will come and help us. Yes, I want more forest friends. Speaking of when we 
They're in La Danica's in uh Bryn Shandar, right? Um I think when we last left Danica, she was in East Haven. Uh so who East really Haven. who knows where she is by now? Okay, but I had told that Shawinga that I would come back to East Haven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you do know that it's Danica's plan to go to each of the ten towns and basically teach people how to make uh, their own like little chewinga powered greenhouses, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's her. That's how she's going to make the world a better place. Uh, yes. But but that's like the uh, she she's only really got a prototype going in East Haven. Okay. Uh, last time you heard. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Hart was uh, Hart's on board for helping out with this, especially if more Chewingas show up. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it, it sounds like um, the plan right now for uh, as time passes is uh, we're going to get a, a couple of uh, sets of armor fixed up and mm -hmm. ready to go. Um, and we're going to get to work on um, basically getting the inn up and running. Uh, or rather, you know, like getting started on refurbishing the yeah. ramshackle into an inn and then converting your cabin into more of a, a blacksmith uh, mm -hmm. situation. Like with an actual proper forge. All right. Um, so I, well, we can we can get into the nitty gritty of that later. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to dig out my water deep rules uh, and f like get the, <laughs> get the inn up and running. Uh, but you, you basically start getting to work on uh, putting in orders for like lumber and such mm -hmm. to, to get this place fixed up. Um, yeah. Steven, I know that you wanted to have Hart um, do some plant growth yeah. in uh, some areas. Where are you going to do that? Um, so I, I wanted to go how big would you say is lonely wood uh ho 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 there is a map that can tell you exactly how it's big lonely wood is it's pinned uh, in the chat it is and we'll show you um large town quarry's no. uh cabin is a little bit off of the map um uh, sort of along the road, uh, heading towards Tourmaline in the east way, uh, but like sort of more into the trees. Okay. It says the... it's a small town, so it's not. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... Satan, are you looking at your um, your dock with the? Yeah. Uh, uh, tell me what the population is of Lonelywood. Uh, I will tell you in a second because that's that's a pretty good indicator of how big yeah. the place is uh i myself need to look at a map and i'm all like oh that's how big it is let me get to lonelywood uh lonelywood uh it is a population of 100 so a very small town okay um because if I focus on plant growth, it is a half mile radius centered on mm. the point within range. Um, mm. So Hart would probably spend some time trying to figure out like where the like widest range that he could get for this is. Understood. Um, and I know that you said in chat to me uh, specifically that you're trying to clear snow. Uh, plant growth isn't necessarily going to clear snow. It will, however, make the plants more prolific. So the, the plants that are already in the snow will sort of push up and become like bigger and stronger. Yeah. Um, any like trees that were starting to like fall down. It, like this is a lumber town. So 
like making it more productive is going to be good for it in the long run anyhow um and i'll even say that there are like some berry bushes like around the uh around kawari's cabin uh that become like uh laden with fruits uh and much bigger and such um i imagine that the entire huddle family like comes down and like picks all of those berries um and then they're like bring over muffins later yeah um so Hart is going to I feel like this is the good place for it. He's going to take out the small acorn from the oak tree that they got and he's going to plant it in the center place and then he's going to cast plant growth and focus on that eight hours to see about making that oak tree uh, that came from the Sylvanas acorn grow. Is where, are you, where are you going to plant that uh, acorn then? Um, Acorn would be at the center of the half mile radius. So if he's doing it basically like in the center okay. of town. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um, so like it, it would be a little bit further into the woods so that that radius would like basically be right at the edge of where the coast is uh, looking at the map. Um, and then it would also like affect all of the uh, the woods going in that direction as well. Yeah. Um, so Hart, uh, goes off into the woods for the night, basically, with that acorn. Uh, and then the next morning when you guys wake up, you can see that there is one deciduous oak tree that is much larger and, like, kind of towering over the rest of the, uh, the trees in the forest. And it's a different kind of tree than what is normally in this forest to begin with. Um, and you, you can see that it is, like, absolutely just bustling with life it's got the the spring green uh in its leaves um and there are like tons and it, it just like laid in with acorns the squirrels are just having a field day um and like go looking for heart and he's just like standing in the middle of a clearing uh that is now shaded by the branches of this tree and just kind of surrounded by um a plethora of animals uh there are some deer uh some badgers uh squirrels and hares and rabbits all just kind of meandering about the tree you're sort of reminded of the time when you met ravison uh, and mm -hmm. they were staying in that um, that elven tomb uh, mm -hmm. all those all, all all that time ago. Um, like it's 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 very reminiscent of that. Um, however, heart already you can see that uh, the tree isn't going to agree with the cold. Uh, it's already like starting to like seize up and go into the uh, the sleep of winter. Yeah. Um, Hart is going to collect five of the acorns from this tree, uh, just to keep on his inventory, but, uh, all plant life now, since he spent eight hours on this, will thrive for the next year, so it seems pretty useful, all things considered. And then, like, when he's not busy helping Kawori and Lydia, I gotta speak with animals as a ritual, like, I'm just gonna hang out around here. All right. Um, so uh, Hart is basically um, like <laughs> uh, giving the, uh, the the woods and nature around here uh, a massive booster shot. Uh, Kawori is working hard on uh, getting the uh, 
armor and the paperwork for all of the property that she has in Lonely Wood uh, situated and settled. Um, what is Lydia doing? Is she? I, I imagine she's probably helping with the paperwork as well. Oh yeah, Lydia puts like she'll she'll do the full like secretary thing where she'll just just put put all of the paperwork on the table and she'll put on her put on her glasses and get her little typewriting calculator and just start going at it and she's got like a little one of those little like green visors the green clear visors that mm-hmm. people always wear in like money laundering schemes <laughs> <laughs> of course i mean <laughs> or you know when dealing blackjack yes, um exactly um as- and then one of the things that Lydia wanted to do in her spare time um, is she wants to take her tinkering tools, um, which I have no much proficiency in, um, and she wants to make, she wants to take Hart's bell that is on his antlers. Mm-hmm. And what she's going to do is she's going to open it and come up with a contraption where if Hart clicks a button on the bell, a little magnet makes it so that the the ringing part of the bell sticks Aww. to it so he can go stealth mode Aww. if need be um, for when we need to be sneaky. Uh, <laughs> and then she's going to um, get some paints and paint some snowflake designs um, on, the, on the bell before giving it back to Hart. And she'll explain how to like use the button. Like if we need to be quiet, just click this button and then the bell won't won't jingle while you walk. He is fascinated really, by this. That's really smart. I feel like it'll just become like a fidget oh, like yeah. a fidget toy where he's clicking the button it's on nervous clicking, but really he's just hitting a bell. <laughs> that only rings half the time. Yeah, like click, ring, 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 click. Click, ring, 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 click. <laughs> Um, so she wants to make that and then, um, she will also spend time in the evenings, um, where once, uh, once Corey has settled on a name for the inn, uh, she will be in secret wood burning a sign, like a big sign to hang over um, to hang over the inn. And there's going to be within the sign a little pair of antlers and a, an anvil and a feather hidden um, with uh, with a little sign that hangs from it that just says coming soon. Um, and then at the, it's going to say founded by three friends who became family. (laughs) 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 All right. Um, I, I imagine that the armor comes together before the inn really does. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, what does the armor look like when it finally is finished? Well, Gory was the one making it yeah um yeah so i have an idea uh uh let me make sure i get my colors right because i 
Okay, so you know how a boulet is kind of this gray, kind of blue color? So um, she wants to keep that gray color and taking reference from uh, the anatomy of the boulet that she um, remembers. They're gonna um, make make it so Lydia looks like a complete badass. <laughs> so like the pauldrons have like uh, like these natural spikes that like spiked ends that come off like the beak of the belated and the little layers of the the carapace. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gonna contain that um, gray, but it has like this kind of like frosty pearlescent quality to it that doesn't add too much, but it's a nice kind of like like hint. And then in the um, in the chest, it has the Chardlin uh, black feather. Um, and uh, she's going to add uh, inside it's a little maker's mark. Um, and it is a anvil with broken uh, metal over it because she's Corey metal breaker. Um, it's like right where a tag would be would be. Um, and her little, like, hand, um, armor, uh, has, like, little, like, the spiky, like, claw-like, uh, nails. <laughs> she can bitch slap someone. Nice. It's like, I know you're cute, but you're also fierce, so here you go. I love it so much. Thank you, Kawari. Uh, and Lydia will take some time. Like, she'll put the armor on immediately. And then she'll, like, a normal person would ask for help. But Lydia will not. So she has um, her normal white fur that she wears over her shoulders that clasps in the middle. She puts it on gently over the armor and starts, like, trying to mark where the spikes are so she can cut out holes for the spikes, for the spikes, so she's just kind of like reaching around and drawing, and then she will sew it so that her fur mm -hmm. coat still sits um, over the armor with the spikes mm -hmm. sticking out, and then the raven symbol clasp around her neck, and then the feather on the on the armor. Mm -hmm. You got it. You know how to put on the armor. I do, uh, Danae. Officially, it's a breastplate, correct? That's what we decided uh, oh, on. you know what? I actually made this armor um, <gasps> and completely forgot to give it to you. Uh, hold on. Stand by. Standing by. Uh, oh, it's... <laughs> I share this count with my husband. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember what I called it. I will find it for you. Excellent. It is a magic item. Yeah. Armor of Retaliation is what I called it. Woo! So I, I can just search for that? Um, I... You know what, Steven? Um, I have never made a, a magic item for someone before. Uh, I, I have the item made. I don't know how to add it to her character sheet. Uh, I found it. That's how. Normally yeah. for adding things to character sheet, I just go in as the DM and I'm like, it's easier if I just find it and equip this shit right. for them. 
Gotcha. Okay. For the most part. And hence I never learned. Um, but <laughs> uh, the description on this says, forged from the chitin of a boule slain in righteous anger and imbued with Shardolin blessed by the Raven Queen, this armor retaliates against the foes that dare raise their weapons against you. Uh, so for viewers at home, it acts a little bit like Armor of Agathis, uh, but with radiant damage. Uh, additionally, your girl's armor class is now 17, baby! Ooh, nice! Blah, 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 blah. Try to hit me now, bitches! <laughs> it's it's closer to Hellish Rebuke than it is to Armor of Agathis. True. Yeah. True. But it does do what we wanted, basically. <laughs> Yes. Um, so that's what uh, Lydia's armor looks like. What does Quarry's adamantine oh, armor wind up looking like? Uh, what does adamantine? Does what does chainmail look like? Chainmail is kind of like because um, it's just like the chainmail shirt type, right? It's not yeah. like a full-on armor. Yeah. Uh, typically, I find that. Um, as somebody who gets paid to draw people's characters all the time, um, a, a chain shirt typically is just uh, like a, a like a shirt made of chain that goes mm -hmm. uh, over the top of things, and then like chain mail. I I tend to like include more chain throughout the body. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel like it's kind of the same thing, not necessarily though. Yeah, I, um... I say that chain mail is basically just more like maybe there's a hood on it, or maybe yeah. there's like the it goes further down the arms. Maybe it's like a metal key garumi. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Essentially, yeah. It's I, I was trying to get away from the word pajamas, but it's it's really close. Yeah. Um. So it has. She treated the metal so that uh, it is this blue tone. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not just the regular male, it is a, a frosty blue. What's really uh, cool about that is that, like, the process of that would be, like, electrolyzing the metal. Yeah. So, like, you'd, like, put it into, like, some water with, like, a particular solution in it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you'd run a current through it and then it would all, like, magnetize to the metal immediately. At one point, you just see Corey turning this electric machine, trying to make electricity. <laughs> um, um, but it has, yeah, it has this blue um, sheen to it. Um, and they have, like, given it a few leather straps to kind of decorate it. I kind of had this kind of, like, idea. I'll put it I'll put it in, in our chat. Um, uh, sans the pauldrons. But it's a more fitted uh, chain shirt uh, with uh, strips of leather. Uh, it would be white leather. It does mm. have a hood uh, that's made out of that same leather that's attached to the chain mount. And it, it is lined with the white fur as well. Mm. Uh, but once you pull up the hood, there is kind of like a, a mouthpiece attached so you can cover the bottom mm. of your face mm -hmm. for practicality. Yeah. I like um, that. And then just her own regular clothing that they used to wear with uh, their chainmail. Right. So, like, I it's it's like you... <laughs> sorry. I, my brain went imme immediately to cosplay. It's like, instead of, like, sewing the entire garment yourself, you, like, bought the garment and then altered mm -hmm. it for your purposes. Basically. Yeah. Because uh, I think with the time it would have taken, with everything that's going down, uh, they would have bought, like, 
part of a garment, maybe even two small ones if they didn't have like a Goliath size mm -hmm. and kind of put it together themselves to what they wanted it to look like. I love it. Awesome. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, Hart's doing uh, nature shit, uh, Lydia and Kawori getting their armor sorted and the uh, property sorted. Um, <clears throat> at some point during the this time passing, uh, there is a urgent knock at your door, um, and it is much later than it would be than, uh, it, it is, it is later in the day than, like, you would be expecting company mm -hmm. or visitors or, or such. Opens the door. Um, you open Hello. the door, uh, you find, uh, Nimsy Huddle there, uh, and she is kind of standing in front of four axe beaks that are like nervously pawing at the ground um and uh, she says I, I i hate to to knock on your door so late in the evening um right. but i we need to we need to go oh uh, why what's what's wrong <laughs> well you see uh there has been a urgent letter uh an urgent um well, missive, uh, and she hands you uh, a very official-looking uh, letter. It's, it's like in in filigree, and uh, it's got uh, the crest of Brinchander on it. Um, and she explains to you that you've been formally uh, invited to attend the Council of Speakers for an urgent uh, meeting. Okay. Uh, sure. Uh, come in while we uh get ready. I don't want you standing out in the cold. Uh, hey, Hart, Lydia, we got to go. What do you? What do you mean? We're. She'll put <sighs> the letter out and just say we have been formally invited to attend an emergency speakers meeting. Council, speaker council meeting. I'm not sure. She nods. Uh, well, you see, um, the, the Speaker of East Haven suggested to bring you guys along, uh, and they were going to send a letter to you, but they figured that it would be quicker just to get me to uh, come and get you. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I, I'll go get packed up and ready, and you see Lydia sort of walk off into the little room, um, that I, I imagine in the like few weeks that we've been here, we've kind of converted Corey's room into a room that we all share. So there's a mm. little, uh, <laughs> so there's Corey's bed and then there's a known size bed that just slides under Corey's bed when not in use to save room. <laughs> Is there like Corey's bed, Hart's bed, and then Lydia's bed and they just slide in and out? <laughs> You say Hart's bed like he has a full one. Like he probably just like either sleeps at the foot of yours or like in a nice comfy chair. Yeah, like if you yeah. just gave him a bean bag, he'd be happy. A bean bag chair in the corner for Hart is yeah. too perfect. Um, perfect. But Lydia will gather her things, and you see her walk out for the first time in her like full travel gear and new armor, and she just kind of stands there very heroically. All right. Yes. We you must look amazing. Go. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. My compliments to the Smith. Smith, yes. 
<laughs> I was gonna say metal chef, so <laughs> I mean you're not wrong, but <laughs> mm. Smith kisses. <laughs> oh my god. Just soot on your face afterward. <laughs> yeah. It's just natural <laughs> black lipstick, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Probably not super healthy, but like meh. no, it's fine. You know, it's, fine. Uh, it's like when you go to kiss somebody and like leave like a little like lipstick mark on their face. Instead, you come away with soot on your lips. Yeah, uh, Corey will get into their <laughs> armor um, and make sure that everything's packed. Uh, she looks at the axe beak and then looks at herself and then looks at the axe beak and then looks at herself and she's like. Mm. The axe beak's gonna handle you just fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, I got an extra large chunky boy. (laughs) Well, no, listen, listen. Axe beaks are not like, I think you're imagining like an ostrich or something. I am. I don't know how big You really shouldn't. They're more like dinosaurs than anything else. I just imagine chocobos. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, kind of. Okay. You have to, like, uh, it specifically says that each axe beak has a carry weight capacity equivalent to a mule. uh, which has a pretty cr- crazy carry weight capacity. Okay. I see you, Axe Beak. I see you. <laughs> you like look they at this thing. They are large beasts, so exactly. It, you, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, here we go, buddy. But can I just say for the fun of it, I got an extra large chunky boy. Yes, yes, you can. Well, can you can ride the a, biggest uh, Axe Beak they extra have. Extra large chunky boy with fries on the side. <laughs> Well, you speak of animals and find out its name. It's deadlift. (laughs) Hell yeah. Oh my goodness. I I like that one. I got Uh, deadlift. Deadlift has uh, iridescent black feathers uh, on every part of its body. Um, And it's kind of like a, like a, like a, like a silky chicken where like its skin is also like that dark, like Mm -hmm. kind of odd black color. It's Um, like one of those like black chickens that is just black everywhere and even on the inside. Yes. On every part of its body, except for right on its face. uh, It just kind of has this splotchy white bit uh, right where its beak is so that it looks kind of like a skull. Oh, you, aren't you so beautiful? Yes, you are. It's Love just it. like petting this thing. Um, I want to keep this one. This one's mine. You, you've <laughs> just, you've discovered my weakness. Describing people's mounts. <laughs> I'm being distracted from the from the plot. <laughs> this is this is plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, are so. My goodness. All right. Um, I'll buy this axe beak. It is mine now. <laughs> uh, Nimsy is, is like uh, kind of standing by the door with the nervous energy of a mother who needs to get six pe- uh, six children out the door right now. Oh, we're coming. We're coming. Yeah. We got our lunches, our jackets, everything. Did everybody uh, go to the bathroom before we go? We're not stopping in five minutes because you need to. Just slow turn to heart. Yeah. <laughs> Lydia's saying it to everyone, but really only saying it to heart. Oh, yeah. No, heart's fine. He doesn't have to go. He will 20 minutes in, but he doesn't have to go right now. Uh, we know. Um, Lydia will probably uh, just share an axe beak with, with heart if heart doesn't mind some extra company oh, on basket. Because... It just makes the most sense. I'm small. Small. Yep. All right. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> Nimsy uh, kind of like clicks at her axe beak, who like turn like s- 
puts its head down uh, sort of sideways uh, to like give her a lift up with like the axe part of its face just basically like thup, like <coughs> pushes that uh, halfling up onto its back um, and she like spins it in a little circle and says are we ready to go? Aye aye captain yes sir we're ready to go all right, and then yeah, and then all the axe beasts go and like rush off. They make jerky noises. <laughs> That's their running noise. Like okay. their their friendly noise is more like peacocks. Like arah, arah. Anyway, they go. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the best place for us to go on break. Yeah. Excellent. So we're going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. So don't go no place unless it's to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly go to indooradventure.redbubble.com. Pick yourself up something nice. And we'll see you guys shortly. All right, everybody. See you soon. Hi. It's party time. Hello, everybody. We have returned with an immediate summons to return to Bryn Shandar, heralded by our speaker. Yeah. That's who said Nimsy. us there. Nimsy Huddle. I knew it. I was paying attention. Wings, take us away. <laughs> All right. Um, you uh, ride hard through the night um, and uh, make your way very quickly to Brinchander. Uh, you arrive uh, before the sun rises. Um, the sun never rises very high in Icewind Dale, but um, you do arrive still in the dark of night. Um, when you, uh, roll up to the city, um, you, Nimsy, uh, like, basically holds up a sigil of some sort, uh, to the guards at the gate, uh, and they push the doors, or the, the heavy doors of the gate open, which are normally shut at this time of night. Um, they let you in, uh, and Nimsy explains to you that, um, the actual... Um, how do you call it? Whew. The actual meeting will occur uh, on the morrow, basically in the morning. You'll have a little bit of time to uh, basically do any shopping or anything that you want to do in Bryn Shander. Um, but they will, they will essentially send for you when they are ready for you. Um, and otherwise, they have a room for you at the local inn. We'll just settle up at the local inn. Yep. Uh, and she heads off to the town hall to get ready for the meeting. And uh, you guys have basically enough time to kind of collapse into bed and get a little bit of shut-eye in the few short hours before morning. I only need four anyways. I need all eight. I need all the hours to rest my muscles. That being said, <laughs> uh, as far as D&D um, &D Beyond goes, uh, everybody can go ahead and have a long rest since it has officially been weeks since we last had a combat. Yes, long rest. Mm -hmm. I would like to note again, because I wasn't here last week, but the end of the episode previous we all leveled up and Hart and Lydia have the same HP again we've had it the whole time the whole campaign to like to roll plus our constitution equal the same HP the whole game has been just uh 
Smith kisses. Smith kisses. Smith kisses. All right. So uh, the night uh, passes uneventfully. Uh, there is a, a general sense of unease in Bryn Chander. Um, like, you, do you know? Oh, for for folks who live in uh, more southern states, it's like that feeling right before a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Or for the folks who live in more northern states, it's like the feeling right before a big snowstorm where everybody's kind of out on the streets, like, you know, got to get the milk and the bread, you know, like getting ready to like hunker down for something big uh, or like, you know, big long lines at the gas stations. There, There's just kind of a general sense of dread and um, preparation. Uh, people kind of bustling about the cities, uh, rushing to stores uh, and trying to get all of their essentials before uh, rushing back into their homes to hunker down. Is there anything that you wanted to grab in Bryn Shander? Um, uh, I... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, there. I have a few items uh, that I was going to pick up for heart. Um... So we have a thousand GP and jimmies. Yeah, yeah, each person okay. is given a thousand. Um, and then I have a question for uh, the DM for the price of nature's mantle, uh, which is a wondrous item that requires attunement by a druid or a ranger. Uh, it's from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, and it is uncommon, but there is no price listed for it uh, in the magic item pricing guide. Okay, at all or in any of the other? Uh, it says uh, for sane price, there's nothing. For the DMPG price, there's nothing. But generally, it goes for um, anywhere between 101 to 500. Okay, um, I'm going to say. Uh, tell me what it does. Uh, it shifts color and texture to blend with the terrain surrounding you while wearing this cloak. You can use it as a spellcasting focus for your druid and ranger spells. And then while mm-hmm. you are in an area that is lightly obscure, obscured, you can hide as a bonus action even if you are being directly observed. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's also something that you just have as a wood elf, basically. Oh, yeah, um, never mind then. I don't need that one. Forget it. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, as far as hiding goes, like, that that that's it. I mean, like, everything else is still pretty good. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I have a staff. It's not like I'm trying to get around the staff. That's the, Having it as a cloak is better for a ranger who's using a bow. <laughs> Granted, I will say um, the wood elf stuff would only work if you were in a natural environment. In a unnatural environment, I'd say this cloak would also work. Either way. Um, not really that important, because I think... I'm cl- like unless it's like less than 200 which I'm not really sure it would be I I would I would price it like let's say 150 okay I can do 150 um, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm haggling this is wings haggling with Steven here just because of uh like how the usefulness to you like I I'm willing to give it for 150 okay um then the other things um, I feel are from the same guy. 
Like, Hart is going by Magic Item Shop uh, after splitting off from the rest of the group because it's funnier if he comes back with these things and no <laughs> one was around to stop him. Um, a staff of bird calls. Oh, Where he can oh, just, no. like, make bird sounds with his staff. Um, oh, I love that. And then I feel like the guy who's buying this is just like, ah, I see that this is clearly uh, somebody who will buy the most useless of things. Young boy, you with the antlers, did you know that there is an item that once purchased can hold a multitude of useful items? And Hart's eyes get really big and just, oh my god, is there? Yes, it is a robe that you can wear. And I would like to purchase the robe of useful items for Hart. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so we picked up two extra layers to wear around and then a staff that makes bird calls. I mean, he needs it. Uh, and then boy's the, cold. Boy is cold. Uh, and then the last thing, because that would be, yeah, he'll have like 40 gold left over from this. Uh, one diamond worth 300 gold pieces. Okay. Um... I'm trying to find it to see if I can afford it. Uh, 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 it doesn't give me a price, uh, but in the DMG it does. Um, uh, Corey's gonna get tatted up. Okay. If possible. Okay. If you are okay with magical tattoos. I am okay with magical tattoos. What specifically are we looking for? The Eldritch Claw Tattoo. Ooh. So the Eldritch Claw tattoo, what it does, um, uh, while wearing the tattoo on your skin, you can, as an action, use the tattoo. Um, oh, wait, this is the wrong one. Give me a second. Uh, here we go. Uh, while the tattoo is on your skin, your honor strikes are considered magical for the purpose of overcoming immunity and resistances to non-magical attacks. And I get a plus one bonus attack to damage rolls with honor strikes. So that's why I'm punching people. Mm -hmm. But it has Eldritch Maul, which as a bonus action, I can empower the tattoo for one minute. For the duration, each of my melee attacks made with a weapon or an unarmed strike can reach a target up to 15 feet away as inky tendrils launch towards the target. In addition, your melee attacks steer an extra 1d6 force damage on a hit. And I can't use it again until the next dawn once it's done. Uh, what is the tattoo going to be of? Uh... <clears throat> Honestly, I think it's going to be kind of abstract because I'm thinking it's going to kind of blend in with her own skin markings, mm -hmm. but different than when her skin markings, uh, they flow a bit, but they're more, um, they don't have like swirls or anything. This one is, mm -hmm. it's going to kind of swirl over her arm. So it's, it's um, more abstract. Yeah, it's more abstract. Um, I don't think it'll be anything like solid. I think it'll definitely kind of like take on a very magical quality where it might look like it's moving every so often. All right. Um, yes, uh, it's a short. It's a short rest to attune to, right? Uh, I will. Uh, uh, attuning takes a short rest, right, Stephen? Uh yes. Also, yeah, uh, so. wings. When you get the chance, I need you to roll some dice for me. Is it for the uh, the, the number of patches? I need four yeah. D four. Gotcha. Okay, I can do that. 
right now. In fact, I have roll 20 up right now. I can do that. 44? Yes. Uh, that's going to be nine. Yes, I get nine extra patches. <laughs> have fun. I will. Uh, okay, so as for Quarry, um, the description on... Uh, as written uh, on how tattoos work is basically a needle is held uh, at the place where you're going to have the tattoo for the time it takes to attune. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say that the way that this occurs is that um, you go to a, 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 a little hole in the wall place um, where you know that there is a magic tattoo artist uh, available. Um, they uh, have a shaved head and like every inch of their body is covered in tattoos. Um, there are dragons and uh, sea monsters and various uh, predatory beasts just mm -hmm. coating their skin. Um, what they have available to you are these various boxes um, with glass lids and pillowed insides um and they they basically go to like shelves with all these boxes on that uh on there um and you describe to them the the, the sort of like magical effects that you're looking for mm -hmm. uh they kind of go tutting uh over to their boxes uh this person doesn't wear a whole lot of clothing uh, and therefore like stays inside with a, uh, a roaring fire um, to try and keep warm. Otherwise they're, they like have to cover all up, mm -hmm. um, but they like to show off their tats. So they sort of stay inside where it's warm. I feel that dude. <laughs> Um, so this person, uh, goes and peruses all of their different boxes. Now these boxes with the pillowed insides, uh, each one has just rows of daintily placed needles, um, just about like a finger's length long. Um, mm. this person, uh, plucks out a needle, uh, describes to you what it will do, uh, and also says that this can be removed at any time, uh, mm. and, but, like walks you through the process gives basically yeah. like has you sign a form and stuff you know like explains everything to to you I uh, and then well i just wanted to interject and say that lydia has tagged along with kawori for both moral support and also because lydia would like to get a tattoo uh, okay all right cool yeah uh a magical one or just a oh a, it's a, a magical one if possible oh boy okay all uh, right um <laughs> I don't so, know if you're gonna have the same uh are you, uh, words are things which that I forgot. I zoned out a little bit because I was reading the tattoo that I want. Which one did you end up going with? Eldritch Claw. No, I'm doing a different one. Uh I'd be what? cool to get matching tattoos, but uh it's it's half a limb. So you know what Corey's gonna do? They're going to do that like um half sleeve with part of like the chest tattoo nice i like it uh yeah. what is what is lydia getting lydia would like to get the ghost step tattoo Ooh. oh that's a good one okay um so it says 501 to 5000 on the pricing guide mm -hmm. so on the rarity uh it is just rare rare okay uh, I'm going to say that this is going to be closer to the 5,000 range. Give me a persuasion check. I'm very persuasive. Can I guide myself? Yes, you can. 
can I help by because I also got a tattoo? Yeah, can we get like a two for? Can we get a deal? <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 sure. Okay. Oh, oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Oh, that's not. That's even and more not bad. So <laughs> seventeen plus three plus four. So that's twenty four. All right. Now tell me what the range was for each of your tattoos. Uh, mine uh, is uh, 101 to 500, and it is uh, uncommon. It's not rare or anything. Mine's okay. fi 500 to 5,000. Okay. It'd be really cool to... if I could get it. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, I see. I know the math that I want to do to to work this out. Um, I'm going to say that you are able to negotiate it down to closer to 4,000 for both of them. Okay. But that's for the both of them. The ghost step is very rare, though. Is it well, it's very... just rare. It's just rare. On the thing, it says rare. Because okay. in D&D Beyond, it says very rare, though. I was going by the Excel spreadsheet. Okay. Let's see. Go well, see, that's the other thing is that the uh, the tattoos uh, had some changes here and there. It does say very rare. I I'm willing to hand wave it. I'm not too concerned okay. about it. Thank you. Um. So, quick meta gaming here. I would have to use two thousand of the party funds. I'll put in two thousand of my own, but then for Corey and I's remainder of our tattoo, I would have to use two thousand of the party funds. Heart has no concept of money. Use as much I, as you want. I have about. I have right now seven hundred and something gold. Well, I'd like for you to keep your money. Okay. How much do we have in the party fund? You said five point three. Five point three. So we'd be at three point three. We'd be mm -hmm. at three point three because I have two thousand. Uh, okay, I mean, I'm fine with that, uh, but okay. I can put, I saw a lot of money she can put in, but they can put in some money. No, 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 no. As long as I've got okay to, to use the party fund. Well, well we still have 3.3, yeah. uh, but then you can keep your money. I got, you, I got your tattoo. I got your tattoo. It's fine. Um, but so what Lydia's going to get is on the back of her calves, she's going to get two wings, one on each calf so when she mm. stands together um she can uh she can it looks like a set of wings i like it okay um so basically uh it, it becomes clear that lydia is also going to get a tattoo um and so uh this person will call in their assistant who is similarly um lacking in clothing uh but doesn't have quite as many tattoos covering their body um the assistant is going to work on kawari and uh the master will work on lydia considering that this is a more difficult tattoo um they each get their needles uh and you can see um the that like portions of their own tattoos start to glow uh, as they uh, sort of infuse these needles with magic. Uh, and then basically what they have to do is very smoothly and slowly push these needles into your flesh over the course of an hour. That's pretty fucking quick for a tattoo. Yeah. It is. But, but they're masters move. at this. Yeah. yeah. Corey just goes to sleep. Uh... <laughs> 
Uh, and a, as they do so, like um, the 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 tattoo is like very slowly, kind of magically uh, appearing on your skin. Um, you are able to pull this off fairly quickly. Um, Hearts, you eventually come back with like all kinds of bullshit. Um, and Kawari and Lydia are unable to react because they are trapped in the tattoo chairs. Um, <laughs> and I, I love it too because of where where Lydia's getting hers. She's gonna have to like be face down on one of those chairs that so has like a hole cut out for your yeah. face. <laughs> and I just feel like Hart would like lean down and just be like, yeah. "Hi, Lydia, how's it going?" <laughs> he just like kind of like he would squat down, uh, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, would definitely say like, "Look at this cool thing that I got," and then like he, like taps it on the ground, uh, and like you can see that it looks to the untrained eye, it looks almost identical to his previous staff. Uh, and now he has also like adorned it with a bunch of stuff again. But when he taps it down, uh, it's gonna be a raven's car. Ah, I love it, heart. That's really cool. And then uh, for Kuori, um, he's gonna say, "And if I want to get, if I want to get either of your attention, but like we can't be in a place where like we're saying where we can speak with words, I can tap it for the Raven one, or in your case, Kuori, he taps it, and it will be a owl's hoot." Oh, I love it. Uh, although he is willing to reconsider. Uh, or this one, and it's an eagle shriek. So, which one do you think Kaori would prefer? An or like? No, that's more of a pigeon. Like yeah. a. Uh, I have to be. Um, what about an owl shriek? Dude, those fuckers sound terrifying. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll go with the with the owl. Uh, I'll go with the owl. Yeah. Okay. I like the owl. Corey's just like sitting there like half shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, about the time that you guys are up and examining your new tattoos, um, there is a uh, the sound of armor uh, kind of clattering about the door. Uh, you can see that there are several town guards standing outside, um, and someone walks in, silhouettes the door. Uh, it's a bald-headed man uh, with dark skin and a prodigious goatee that is uh, streaked with a little bit of gray. Uh, he introduces himself as Sheriff Markham Southwell. Um, he is the head of the guard uh, in Brinchander. And you have been summoned to the council chambers. Uh, uh, of course, Sheriff. Um, and like Lydia's getting like the the second skin wrap on her legs. She's like, as soon as we're done here, we'll be on our way. Yeah. <laughs> Very important thing to do. Uh, Unless you will... want me to go half shirtless to the meeting, which I don't think you do. Uh, uh, he he says that. <laughs> No, uh, uh, he he is willing to wait uh, for as much time as that takes, uh, though you may be a bit late to the meeting. Uh, he looks the other way and uh, allows you all to get um, situated. Oh. And uh, Hart could go with while they finish up with the tattoos. 
Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Oh, uh, no. No heart, don't split the party. <laughs> uh, Markham will actually uh, leave some guards to escort Kuori and Lydia uh, and will <laughs> will take Hart to the council chambers. Um, <clears throat> Hart, uh, the council chambers are uh, in the town hall, which is uh, sort of towards the southern end of town. Um, it seems that like this town is one of those places that like started pretty small and then just sort of started ballooning outwards. So town hall isn't necessarily very centralized, just on account of the way that this place tended to like grow. Um, the older part of town like wasn't necessarily planned to be where it is but here it is yeah um you go into the building it's a fairly large uh wooden structure um that is sort of rectangular but with like very uh steep uh roofs uh that just sort of let the snow slide right off once it gets heavy enough um you are brought into the town hall, which is just sort of kind of like a, one of those uh, one-room longhouses. Uh, you can see that there is an enormous roaring fire pit in the center uh, with uh, about three um, long tables, uh, one at sort of the head of the fire pit. Uh, and you can see that there is a woman uh, with important looking robes and furs on. Uh, fairly young uh, with uh, brunette hair um, and you can also see similarly there are uh, more important looking people getting uh, situated at the tables alongside the uh, fire pits. Uh, meanwhile there are a, a few like benches and such behind the tables uh, that are set up for what appears to be um, more like important names uh, amongst the towns, uh, people who aren't necessarily a part of the council, but would have an ear uh, in the room, essentially. Um, people who are a part, uh, important enough to like listen in on what's going on or maybe even be called up to like have, like to, to give some input on their perspective of any sort of situation. Uh, these benches are actually quite packed. Um, and there are a, a few that, a few spots that have been reserved for Hart, Kawori, and Lydia. Uh, you can see that those spots are actually very close to where Danith Whalen, the speaker of East Haven, is seated. <coughs> Um, there is a brief, uh, like, there is, I, I feel like a lot of this goes over Hart's head. Um, oh, yeah. As uh, Duvessa Shane, uh, the speaker of Bryn Shander at the head of the uh, room, stands up, uh, sort of introduces herself and, um, like, basically goes through the rigmarole of starting a council meeting. Uh, there is a lot of very flowery language. Um, you can see that there are like 10 seats at these tables in total, uh, and three of them are just completely empty. Oh, that's um, probably one for me then. <laughs> uh, Hart like takes a step forward and the sheriff just kind of puts a hand on his shoulder and like pulls him back gently. Like this is where you sit and just kind of like plops oh, okay. you down in one of the reserved seats. Um, <laughs> Uh, at a 
about this time, like all of the pleasantries are being I exchanged and like all, all of the rigmarole is getting taken care of. You can see that in front of each one of the seats at the tables where like the council speakers sit, uh, the crest of their town is actually displayed, just sort of hanging off as a tabard uh, off the end of the table in front of them. Um, so uh, present here are uh, a group of mostly humans. Um, you can see that there is uh, a, a few people that you recognize. Among them are Danith Whalen, who is the speaker of East Haven. Uh, you recognize Trovis, the silver dragonborn, uh, who is the speaker of Kerr Conig. Um, he seems to have sobered up, uh, if a little bit for this, um, but like he... He, he does sway just a little bit every now and then. It seems that he hasn't quite gotten uh, completely off of the bottle. Um, <clears throat> you can see that he actually, like the majority of the people who are missing are around him. So there's just a lot of empty chairs around him. The people who are missing are the speaker from Dugan's Hole. Uh, Edgra Dermut. Uh, evidently, she declined to come to this meeting. Uh, the speaker from Goodmead is not here uh, on account of the fact that he died recently and they're still working out the uh, elections to figure out who's going to be the new speaker. Um, and the speaker from Kerr Dineval uh, is not here on account of the fact that he's still sick, evidently, after months. Um, so uh, the people who are here are Trovis, Danith Whalen. Um, you would also recognize Nimsy Huddle uh, of Lonelywood. And when Lydia and Kawori uh, finally file in and are ushered to their seats, uh, Lydia, you recognize the speaker of Tourmaline, whose name is Oris Masthew. Um, that is O-A-R-U-S. Uh, Oris Masthew, uh, and he is a half-orc. He kind of has a, how should I say it, um, controversial uh, speakerhood. There are some people who like him a lot, and there are some people who don't like him at all. Uh, he was uh, adopted uh, by the previous speaker and just kind of barely squeaked in. Um, but you know him to be a, a, a fairly nice guy. <laughs> Lydia will give like a little salute as she walks in specifically uh, to him. He gives you kind of a nervous wave. He's fairly new in the political game. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's doing his best. Uh, you see uh, the fella who is in charge of Targos. Um, he has uh, his sheriff standing behind him, uh, sort of like a... Uh, a, a bodyguard. Um, his sheriff is a big, tough-looking tiefling man uh, with long, twisting horns and uh, big muscles. Um, nobody else really seems to have brought their sheriff along, uh, except for him. Uh, he's got kind of a, uh, a cunning look about him. <clears throat> uh, his name is Nerth Maxel Dinar. Dinar? Hooray. Yes, with two R's. Um, two A's. Close. Two R's. Maxel Dinar. 
Um, there is a dwarf who is the fella in charge of Bremen, which is the place that you guys met a friend out on the uh, lake. Uh, <laughs> the the dwarf kind of has this like he's he's very elderly uh and he's got this kind of like far away look in his eyes he's just sort of staring off into the distance um a lot of people um sort of accept that as like ah he's lost in thought so wise uh but like every now and then you hear a little bit of snoring coming from his direction somebody kind of has to elbow him to get him back to back to the present uh i think that's everybody super important yes okay uh I, all I those apologize people are gone for those reasons. i have to ask you who's who that is completely <laughs> fine there is a lot of people to keep track of here uh and that's even after all of the people who are not here so uh nimsy huddle of lonelywood uh shale scar of bremen uh oris mastew of tourmaline uh nerth maxel dinar of targos uh, Duvessa Shane of Bryn Shander, Danith Whalen of East Haven, uh, and Trovis of Care Conig. Uh, these are all of the people who are here, uh, as well as you all. Um, <clears throat> so Duvessa Shane finishes introducing everybody and explaining why all of the people who aren't here are not here. Uh, and then she calls up Danith Whalen to explain why this uh, emergency meeting was called. Uh, Danith uh, sort of steps up uh, and you can see, like, he, he usually looks like a guy who hasn't had a lot of sleep. Um, the, the circles under his eyes have deepened. Uh, the uh, wrinkles in his face have uh, have likewise also deepened. Um, he he looks like he has not had a, a good time of it in the past few days. Um, he comes up and gets out uh, a piece of paper and he starts sort of reading off of it. Um, and uh, eventually he just sort of like throws it down on the table uh, and starts speaking from his heart. He explains that things are looking really bad in terms of uh, the Duragar threat. Uh, they've been working tirelessly, uh, trying to uh, interrogate their prisoner to figure out exactly when the threat is going to arrive. Uh, and they have not been able to put together a time frame, but they get the feeling that it is very soon. Uh, what they are concerned about is the fact that uh, this king of the Duragar is set on ruling the surface. Uh, he has seen an opportunity in uh, the sun not rising over the mountains in Icewind Dale. Um, and that his plan is to raise ten towns to the ground. And there's like, uh, he like takes a moment to let everybody kind of absorb that. Um, and he says that there is going to be no negotiations here. The intent is to wipe us out and replace us on the surface. Just to be clear, this was the Duragar my father was in charge of interrogating, correct? Correct. In the jar. <laughs> the, the one that your brother caught in a jar, yes. 
Nadurgar King is Zardrox Sunblight. That is his name, yes. Bless you for taking notes. <laughs> um, it was when we were talking to Hethel, the seer of an old woman with a crabapple bad Hethel. attitude. Exactly. Um, Danith Whalen says that his recommendation is that uh, we strike early and we strike fast uh, before they have any chance to finish whatever preparations that they're making. Um, he explains the, uh, the situation with the Dark Duchess and how the uh, group of adventurers that he sent handled that. Um, and he says that they should be in charge of the initial assault. Oh God! It's hard They're the giving us authority. Right We've well, caught up by now. I think that, yeah. especially Lydia, knowing that Hart is going on ahead, all of a sudden she starts moving a lot faster than when it yeah. was just a sheriff waiting for her. <laughs> so there's um, a there's a little bit of discussion as to whether or not there should be uh, like time to prepare an army to send them down there, uh, and Danith says that there's no time that the, 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 their only chance is to have an elite team go in and take out the furnace. Um, Do we know where the furnace that's is? That's us. <clears throat> um, it's in the spine of the world. <laughs> he like points at uh, Kawarian Hart and just kind of like taps on his nose. Um, he has an assistant come out and like pull out a map um, and he like like pulls out like a pointer uh, and starts like uh, directing people uh, to look at certain parts of the spine of the world. Um, he says, we've been able to narrow it down to this place uh, around here. The Sunblight Fortress uh, is most likely to be in this area. Uh, our information or our intelligence has uh, been able to confirm that there is a forge powered by the heart of a red dragon inside the fortress. And if we're able to take that out, uh, then their entire operation is going to be hamstringed. Um, that's, that's, essentially like what they need to do in order to prevent the uh the army from being able to break free and rid the world of ten towns right uh great this so... is a lot to take in yeah heart kind of like looks at his companions uh, and he says, we've known that we were going to have to do something like this for a while now, ever since we talked to Hethel. Uh, Lydia will just, like, kind of politely, um, just, if you could, uh, uh, give us but a moment to, to confer, uh, with the rest of my party as to what, any suggestions that we may have or any points that we'd like to bring up. And Lydia will just, like, huddle. Uh, which is really funny because when she like rests one arm on Hart's shoulder and one arm on Corey's, she is levitating off the ground at this point. Amazing. Um, <laughs> as you as you step aside to speak uh, privately, um, an argument kind of breaks out uh, amongst the uh, amongst the council. Um, 
Nareth Maxil Dinar, uh, the fellow with the buff-looking tiefling behind him, uh, says that basically if he was in charge of interrogation, he would have had all of this information months ago. Uh, and starts kind of like throwing, uh, starts pointing fingers at uh, Danith Whalen. Uh, like uh, <laughs> other people are saying that we need to wait and like basically turtle up and just wait for the assault to come and like repel them. Like there's, we have enough people here and enough, uh, uh, enough soldiers that if we're ready for them, we can take them essentially. Um, and like they're like, they, they really can't agree on what they're going to do about this. Politics. Um, so I'm sorry, you'll, you'll have to refresh my memory with your, interactions with Hethel because that, that wasn't me. Uh, is this on target with her prophecy? So there was a series of dreams that I was having for a while that mm -hmm. there was, it looked like a dwarf and then there was an army and then there was like a large beating glowing heart and then it showed the 10 towns on fire. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was, but then when we met Hethel, she said that I had the powers of prophecy or something. I don't really know what that means, but that sometimes I was like tapping in to the way that she was seeing things. And then she explained what the dream was because she was able to see past all of the like murky bits on the inside of that. But she had said that it was a red dragon's heart that they were using to fire the forge, like those guys were saying over there, um, and that they were using it to fuel their army, and that there was a king in a black crown, and we would need to stop him. But I didn't know... It was more of a win as to a wondering why. He's a bad guy. That's reason enough. He wants to take over the surface, but, I mean... I wouldn't mind if he just like hung out he doesn't have to try and take mm -hmm. it by force. You guys have all been really nice. Yes, but uh, as if what I mentioned was true, he's not, he does not want to. Um, he doesn't want to just visit. No, and he does not want to have any negotiations. He just wants to take over. So some people only know how to take. Hmm. Wolves. Of sorts, yeah. Do we think we can do this just us? I mean, we're pretty badass, but there's only three of us. But Cory's as strong as an army. That's I am true. pretty strong, that's true. Cory has two armies. Ah, 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 And Hart just was like, what are you doing? I... <laughs> um, but... Hart. I mean, we could gather some people that we might know, but um, it seems we're not trying to go up against an army. We're trying to go in and kill or get rid of this heart of the red dragon in the forged. Forged? Forged. That's got to be pretty hot shit. Well, I could use a little break from the cold. So. Okay. Let's let's listen to the rest of what they have to say. 
Um, and if there is the fight still like the, the argument still going on about um, what? Essentially, yes. Like the, a lot of name calling has started occurring. Or um, just opens the doors loudly to stop people from talking. <laughs> well, well, I, I was... mean, it, it becomes clear that there are rivalries between towns. Uh, and like the, the fighting has started to devolve into that. Uh, Lydia is going to clasp her um, her raven's necklace and suddenly she's got raven wings and she is going to fly, but not like aggressively, like slowly lift off the ground to be level with whoever is saying her dad is doing a terrible job interrogating and float up to about four inches from his face and just say, hi, yeah. We're the ones you're depending on to save all of us. And my father did the interrogating. So maybe just shut, sit down and, and shush for a while, okay? And then she's going to float back to above her chair and then lower herself back down and do it. Uh, the tiefling behind him, uh, like his, his like hand goes for the sword at his side. Uh, and like he just sort of like raises a hand to him. Uh, and you can see him like squinting at you specifically, Lydia. Um, do you want to? I wink. I wink. Do you want want to give me an insight check on that? I do. I do get is surface. The, I get surface level thoughts automatically. Um, is the tiefling squinting at her? Or is the dude squinting? Uh, at her? the speaker. The speaker, the speaker is squinting at her. Insight plus seven. Okay. Corey's just squinting Natural at 20. the tiefling. Natural twenty. <laughs> plus he seven. Has, he has a personal grudge against you. Against me or my dad? He specifically against you or someone who looks like you. Doppeldia? <laughs> can I can I use my telepathy to get surface level thoughts? Yes. <laughs> um his I essentially it's she was supposed to be dead. Is this one of the bitches that hired Doppeldia to kill me? Lydia makes a mental note of this and doesn't give anything away on her face, but still winks at both him and the sheriff <laughs> as she floats back down to her chair, which she grips the arms of just a little tighter. Yep. Didn't know that I was going to be going here tonight, but okay. Oh, All fuck. right. Fair enough. You thought this was a downtime episode? It's exactly a downtime <laughs> episode. <laughs> Oh, someone, someone's going to be going down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, is there anything that uh, the group would like to contribute to um, the, the council itself? Or uh, are you going to basically just, like, wait it out and see where it goes? Uh, I feel like if there's still kind of bickering between the towns and stuff, Corey's just gonna like just slam a big fist on the table to get people to quiet down. Mm -hmm. To try and get people to like yeah. focus on the matter at hand. Yeah, and uh, and they'll just say, "Are you done bickering?" Uh, give me a, like either a persuasion or an intimidation. Uh, shit. Could this be intimidation based on my strength? <sighs> I'll allow it. 
Okay. Uh, I'll roll a just regular strength check. I like to imagine that Corey like bangs her hand like a gavel on the table <laughs> on the wooden table and it cracks. <laughs> Eleven. I didn't do that well. It cracks a little. <laughs> it cracks. Is it? What? Yeah, it just cracks a li- little. The table just wobbles now. Like yeah. it did. It didn't before. There's no crack. I'm just but looking like, for a loud noise. Yeah, it came loose I mean, a little. I mean, over 10 is average. So, like, you basically do quiet everybody down, uh, and it gives uh, Danith Whalen an opportunity to interject uh, and, like, bring the conversation back to mm-hmm. uh, back to where the, it's supposed to be. Uh, and less just kind of finger-pointing about unrelated topics. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, now it seems that the topic has kind of turned to, um, basically if they deci- they have decided, yes, we need to prepare for an eventual attack, uh, but now they're arguing about whether or not that they should send in, you know, this elite team, uh, because basically, what if they fail, and, like, what if that prompts, uh, like, uh, them to attack, like, immediately? Before they're ready, essentially. Well, Coriel can't look. If that causes a premature attack, they will also be unprepared, but you are aware that it might happen. They are not aware. We can try and be as stealthy as possible. Um, it isn't one of our strong suits, but. You know, Destroying a heart of a dragon could be our strong suit. Yeah. Um, look, I think that we need to prepare the towns as much as possible. I think that making sure that food and everything is in order for everyone, that we have the those who are willing and bodily able to help out protecting the towns, doing so. And... It'd be real nice to have a little bit of backup if they do decide to start piling out of the ground. Well, we agree with you on that matter, Ms. Malion, uh, says uh, Duvessa Shane, who is the uh, council leader uh, and the speaker of Bryn Shander. Um, And she says, the matter in question is whether or not we endorse a... uh, whether or not we endorse the preemptive strike. We could go as a preemptive strike. You don't have to worry about get, getting us ready. We can get ourselves ready. And while we do that, you prepare your towns. Uh, and she says, well, I'm afraid that is not your decision to make. Um, and she looks at the rest of the council and they all like start to like shuffle their papers and it looks like they're all getting ready to do something. Um, and Danith Whalen uh, kind of leans in and he says uh, they're going to call a vote. They need to have a majority out of 10. Lydia will stand up just before they go to call the vote. And I know that you all come from different towns with different needs, different populations, different everything. And I know that some of you may not have faith in me and my family. However, 
And she looks to the speakers from Lonelywood and Turlemaine. Should you not need us, please, by all means, send your, your sick and your tired, your women and children to two towns that will be protected. Or we can all work together. Your choice. And then Lydia will sit back down. All right. Uh, give me a persuasion check. Give myself guidance. Uh, <laughs> as as you're getting ready to do this, um, when Danith Whalen explains that you're going to need a majority out of 10, uh, basically that means that you're going to need six votes that say yes. There are three people who are not here. You can only have one vote against you. Lovely. I rolled an 18. It's pretty good. Um, Duvesta Shane says uh, all in favor of uh, endorsing the preemptive strike on Zardarok's fortress, the Sunblight. Um, and she raises a hand um, and you can see Danith Whalen's hand shoots up immediately. Uh, you can see Nimsy Huddle sort of puts up her hand as well. Uh, and Oris Mastu does as well. Um, you can see Trovis uh, very uh, enthusiastically throw his clawed hand up in the air. Uh, you can see uh, the fella from Targos, uh, the one with the grudge against you, is crossing his arms and sort of leaning back in his chair and glaring at you. Um, and there comes a moment where you realize that there are five hands up in the air. Um, and there is one person who is not necessarily paying attention uh it is shale scar from bremen uh the elderly dwarf who is just sort of staring off into the middle distance um you see oris mastu uh lean in and sort of jab him in the uh ribs and whisper in his ear uh and you see him look over at you lydia uh and he says uh you gonna put that duragar mess in the ground I'm going to try. Then hell yeah. And he sticks his hand up in the air. Uh, and like she says, uh, that's a majority. Uh, all opposed. Uh, you see Nerth Maxeldinar from uh, Targos just sort of roll his eyes and says, I abstain. Uh, and she bangs her gauntlet and says, then it's settled. Lydia is feeling like very confident right now after this. And so when uh, Mr. Fussy Pants over there says, I abstain, she uh, winks at him and blows him a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hart saw other people raising his hand or raising their hands. <laughs> so his is... <laughs> like he's just uh, raising his as well. Corey just slowly puts his hand out. And looking around the room uh, during this vote, you realize just how many people in the room are people that you have helped out uh, just during your travels through 10 towns. Um, you are almost certain that this vote really wouldn't have gone your way unless you had done so done that much work uh, on the upswing. Uh, there, there are a lot of people here who basically owe you. Oh, um, it's even more when we stab that heart. Not our heart, <laughs> but the dragon heart. You know, the other, the bad one. The um, bad one. <laughs> the troll? 
Duvessa Shane uh, begins to move the conversation on to other matters, um, as well as uh, basically the nitty gritty of how they're going to prepare for the attack. Um, and uh, Danith Whalen sort of leans in and says, um, that was basically the most important part for you guys. You can head out if you, you can start getting ready for, like, to go. Like, mm -hmm. I, I recommend that you get ready to go as Lydia. soon as possible. <laughs> Lydia still with <laughs> all of the confidence of like a 15 year old girl that just got asked to prom <laughs> stands back up and just says, Council, one moment, I just have another proposition while we have you all here. We are gonna be facing war. Life on the ice is already warlike enough. We know that Oral must have her sacrifices. And I propose that those sacrifices be the Duragar we're about to kill. And we put a hold on the lottery and the other sacrifices to Oral because we need our men and we need to keep our food and our warmth to survive this. Uh, that causes an uproar. Yep. Uh, people are standing up. Uh, everybody is talking over each other. People in the benches behind the table start to stand up and yell as well. Uh, fucking Trovis starts, starts trying to start a chant. Like... <laughs> Kill the dwarves! Kill the dwarves! <laughs> I love Trim. <laughs> and like nobody is uh, joining him on that one. Um, and uh, Duvessa Shane kind of shoots a, a, a look at you uh, and says, that is an entirely different matter. Uh, and I would thank you to worry about that uh, at another time. Uh, and she like starts banging her gavel, trying to get uh, the council back under control. Um, the <laughs> Sheriff Markham starts to like usher you guys out of the council room. <laughs> Really, I'm just Lydia, saying, we're gonna spill really, blood in her honor, and you know, maybe we should keep our, our people Lydia, to fight. Stop, and it just, stop. Okay, just look, take your try. wins. Take, take, pick your try. battles. You know? <laughs> and boom, the heavy wooden doors of the council uh, town hall begins to shut. Um, you are left outside in a snowy, uh, dread-filled town. Um, you are given basically the rest of the day to prepare uh, to leave. Um, but as Danith Whalen said, you should go as soon as possible. As they're walking out, Lydia will just sort of say to Corey, look, just leave a room louder than you found it. And I did that. <laughs> um, and then she will immediately I mean, like- different ways to take that to, you know, anywho. I also needed it to be a little chaotic in there. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but the guy, the speaker that was being protected by that real, real ripped tiefling. Yeah. He's the one that sent Doppeldia to kill me. Corey just stops mid-step. I cannot kill him in front of everyone. I know. I thought about it, too. I could probably take on that tiefling. I feel like I'm more ripped than they are. It's, but it's true. You have many more muscles. I do. I'm taller, so they're bigger. Uh... <laughs> no, look, I just wanted you to be aware. I know we've got bigger fish to fry. Well, much smaller fish to fry currently. But I just... Didn't mind that it got a little chaotic in there, and he wasn't too happy. 
We will deal with him. Oh, Not yes, we will. And Lydia will, like, crack her knuckles. She's very angry. Let's go back to the inn. And we'll stay there for now. I have something I need to do. But I don't want you guys out and about in the town if that person is here. On their way home, Lydia will stop at the nearest bakery and um, probably buy like 10 gold worth of pastries for the trip to keep Hart and everyone happy. Yay! <laughs> um, She'll get like little hand pies. So like little little uh, like empanadas with apple filling and then like some like fantasy pop tarts. Uh, <laughs> Hart will kill whoever you need him to for an empanada. <laughs> Oh my god. Like um, he he has never purposefully drawn blood from a body before, but he'd do it for him. Well now. Um uh, well uh once they make it back to the inn, um is the inn kind of like at the edge of town or in the yeah. middle? It's okay. it's towards the edge of town. Uh when you get back to the inn, uh you find that there has been a uh, a few packages uh, left for you. Uh, basically, um, packed bags for a, uh, a trip across the snow, uh, like climbing gear and rations and, and such. Um, and it seems to be from speaker Danith Whalen. Um, the innkeeper explains to you that this was like basically delivered this morning. Um, and you kind of get the idea that Danith was going to give this to you regardless of whether the vote went his way or not. Mm -hmm. I feel like that Danith kind of hoped even if the vote did not go this way that we would just go do it anyways. Yeah, yeah that's, mean, what, that's what Hart was thinking as well. Hoy was ready to still go anyway. Yeah. Because um, um, we already saw where it was located. Um, I think that what Lydia will spend the evening doing and like resolves to I think resolving to take off at first light is probably the the wise choice um Lydia as confident as she felt in the speaker's hall um getting back to the room uh that has definitely shaken and realizing that the man that tried to kill her and kill Lucas essentially by proxy um, is in the town. Uh, she is a little shaken. So within their room in the inn, she ritual casts Lydia's tiny hut for them to sleep in tonight. Mm. Um, and she doesn't make it look like a snow bluff or anything. It's completely transparent and see-through. Um, but it just means that nobody would be able to enter the dome um unless she gave permission um so she'll hunker down in there since i have to stay in the dome and uh i had a question is the dome soundproof like if we're talking in the dome can people hear us yeah. outside the dome uh, i believe yeah. it's i believe uh, it's sound i believe it is. it would say uh, so in the spell let me check <laughs> Because it's more, it's kind of like a two-way mirror where you can see and hear the outside, but they can't see or hear you. Spells, spells, spells. My tiny hut. Um, it looks like it doesn't have a cone of silence situation. Yeah, it just says spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or be cast through it. 
the atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry regardless of weather yep. outside. Yep. Um, until the spell ends, you can command the interior to become dimly lit or dark. The dome is opaque from the outside of any color you choose, but is transparent from the inside. Yep. Okay. Um, I think that Lydia will just like, because Corey, you said you were off doing something before, like we hunker down, right? Wait, what? You said you needed to do something before we slept yes. for the night? Okay. So Lydia will just kind of ask Hart. Um, for the room for a few minutes. Yeah. And she will um, take about five to ten minutes and uh, this might not be smart, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> she's going to burn her three third level spells to send um, messages to Lucas um to her mom and to her dad and like for her dad she's very um not emotional and she just explains what she is wanting to do and in the event of her death she would like all of her possessions divided up amongst Lucas, Corey and Hart um, except for her Raven's, um, thing. She wants her mom to have it. Um, and then she explains to Lucas what she's doing, but in a very, uh, excited, lighthearted, Lucas could probably hear in her voice that she's actually quite scared, but she doesn't want to let that on type of way. And to her mom, she just says, I love you um make sure like to take care of Lucas and you know uh if my friends are ever in town they're family so treat them that way um and she's just very shaken by realizing that the person that she there that tried to kill her is so nearby and they are going on a very big quest so she is making sure all of her affairs are in order before doing so um, your mother, uh, dotes on you, uh, for as much as 25 words will allow, uh, and basically cuts off at the end of it. Um, she dotes so much, um, but she basically says that, uh, she loves you and to be careful. Uh, your dad is very businesslike. He leaves a, a lot of words at the end of his message, um, essentially letting you know that he'll make sure he'll take care of everything. Um, and that he's proud of you. Um, and your brother uh, basically matches your energy, uh, says that he's uh, excited for you, that you're going to do great things. Um, and there is a pause, and he tells you to be careful. Lydia will just, like, tell Hart he can come in, and she'll just kind of curl up with all of her little knickknacks that remind her of Lucas and home and Corey and Hart and just she has a couple tears but other than that she's just gonna rest. I was gonna say I feel like when you tell Hart to make himself scarce if there is a heated bath in town 
Oh. Hart would love to get a nice, like, rose petally bath kind of thing. Like, just something to make him smell nice mm -hmm. and feel Like good. one of those lavender milk baths? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Hart's fucking, like, he has not had a bath, like, a good solid bath probably since you guys met him. Like, he is just, like, Bleh. like, just existing <laughs> in warm water and then, like, after he's done, he knocks on the door. Lydia, like, oh, you can come in now. Like, sweet deal. And he's just like, he is like a noodle person now. Like, you smell so good, Hart. I know. It's. <laughs> this is the best. Did you know that it only costs three gold to do this? Just three. We have so many. I bought a diamond earlier. I could do this a hundred times. <laughs> And he's just, like, so relaxed. Like, he's normally, like, a big old ball of nerves, but, like, he is. Maybe we can convince Kawori to put one of those baths in the inn. Oh, my yes. <laughs> oh, my yes. You have to use, well, you have, she's always making, like, armor and stuff, and that uses heat. So what if there is a way to, like, heat the water the heat through pipes and then have the pipes go near the water so that way the water is always warm and it doesn't end up getting cool as long as the furnace is going i think that can be arranged imagine and, like, being able to have one of those baths like every other night and heart gets the look on his face like oh yeah it's all coming together <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, only thing standing in our way is an entire army worth of people and a, you know, dragon heart. Yeah, but, Hart's, Hart's been nervous about that for almost a month now. Like, he's fine on that end. Like, I, I feel I, like he is, like, Kaori, by the time Kaori comes back, like, there is a piece of parchment out and he has just been, like, after having freshly bathed, like, finger painting with ink, like, a stick figure of him, Kaori, and Lydia, and then, like, a heated bath. I want to say that uh, while Hart is at the baths, um, somebody, uh, like, there are several other people also there, um, and uh, I, I want to say that you don't recognize him, but the speaker of Tourmaline actually comes in, because, like, that was a really stressful, uh, like, <laughs> that was a really stressful meeting. Um, so, like, this half-orc, uh, will come in and sit next to you and just kind of, like, uh, idly chit-chat about where he's from and, like, like, what he does. <laughs> yeah, Hart will do the same. Yeah, um, he talks about how his parents were, uh, adventurers, um, and, you know, they didn't really make it, so, uh, he got... He got adopted by the speaker, uh, and he felt like this was kind of like what he was supposed to do. He doesn't know if he's doing a good job yet, but like he's doing his best. And Tourmaline is where Lydia is from, right? Yep. Yeah, Hart will just reassure him, be like, no, I know somebody from Tourmaline. They speak really highly of home. I'm sure you're doing a great job. Like, just be, just be kind. And then at the end, just kind of like, like, or uh, I guess like mid-conversation, be like, oh man, that really sucks. Like, before I started on this adventure, apparently uh, I was part of an accident that killed everybody that I knew. And then he's sort of like, what can you do? 
<laughs> like awkward silence sitting in the yeah. sitting in the springs. But Hart like just like continues on without a beat. Uh, and he says, um, but it was, and I, I was feeling really down about it for a while. And I still do every once in a while because all that's really left is my brother at this point. But I found new family along the way and they've been really helpful and they've been really kind. So, you know, I think that even if you're worried and nervous about if you're doing your best, if you're just surrounded by people who are rooting for you regardless of what day it is oh this water is so nice that <laughs> as long as you do that you have a good family uh and he seems to take that to heart he gives you kind of uh this lopsided tusky smile um and he like just sort of puts his hand on uh the back of your neck and sort of rattles you a little bit just in camaraderie <laughs> And like you're you're all noodled up, so yeah, yeah. It's the jingle, and like there's just wet yeti fur that's up there now. <laughs> like it has routinely gotten wet and dried, but oh yeah. Um, and then I think, yeah, I can definitely use uh, I can use druid craft to just like make it all smell nice and stuff in here definitely help nice all right uh you spent some time getting to know the speaker from tourmaline uh probably not even necessarily realizing uh who you're talking to um i mean he's he announced like oh by the way i'm the speaker of tourmaline like he told me but like that doesn't mean anything to me really it kind of kind of went over your head you might recognize him uh from the like the meeting yeah um but like I, I don't know if Hart necessarily understands what a speaker does exactly no he knows that um and i think he would he would tell the speaker of tourmaline this uh that from the speakers that he's met um one speaker just doesn't even do anything uh at the town that they went to instead there's this older tiefling guy who just kind of like runs the town it seems like uh and he's definitely going to narc uh on on the one town uh with Kadroth in Cairdenaval uh well he like he starts asking a lot of questions um and like trying to narrow down what town you're talking about Hart's gonna say it's the one with the statue uh that's all wrapped in the chains underneath the ice this doesn't narrow anything down for him, but it all sounds very alarming. It's where the black blades are. <laughs> like, clearly. I, well, see, I know where it's that no, is. Like, that's, this is Hart, like, still trying to help him narrow it oh down. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he, he thinks that you're probably not necessarily all there, but Hart has set some wheels in motion to eventually figure this shit out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Speak uh Downtime, oh. downtime episode. The gang gets tattoos and uncovers information that Danae was not prepared for. Uh, he'll you say, know what? That's um, what this is all about. He'll say it's where uh, the tavern, the uphill climb is. <sighs> um, they stop there for a quick second. He, like, you see, like, the wheels start turning in his head. Um, and, like, at some point, he... <laughs> 
<laughs> he leaves a little bit, like, uh, a, a little bit early and says, like, I gotta go. Um, yeah, have a nice day. <laughs> and, uh, like, he kind of wanders off. Um, you have you have put a bug in his mind. Uh, and uh, he is going to start... <laughs> gonna start trying to get to the bottom of this uh-oh uh-oh john uh-oh john okay yeah uh, that's what Hart of... was doing at the bath that's like gets back hanging out with lydia i love that that's great and it's the best um speaking of which uh so lydia's busy uh calling her family uh hearts hitting up a, a hot spring um kawari what would you be doing in, during this time Sorry, I spaced out for a bit. That's fine. Um, Kuori is going to like the back of the inn and further into the snow. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do this at night when the auroras are visible. Mm -hmm. And kind of like slowly and methodically start taking their armor off. So they're kind of just left in the undershirt. And sit cross-legged in the snow. They're gonna take out the silver cup that they had taken from the white dragonborn when they had disappeared. Fill that up with like a nice uh, peak of snow. And then looking up at the auroras for a moment, then back to the cup filled with snow. Uh, they're gonna take a small dagger and slash their finger mm -hmm. and cover the top of the snow with blood. And then just sit with the cup, the silver goblet in their hands, and try to somehow connect to Aurel. Okay. Um, what is the intent in your heart as you reach out to Aurel? Uh, the intent in their heart is they feel lost. They don't know what they're meant to be doing, and they don't know why Arl shows them. Okay. Uh, roll me a religion check. Oh god. This is gonna be horrible. I actually have plus three to religion. But it doesn't matter if I roll a four, so a seven. Okay. I've only rolled two times in this fucking game, and I've gotten a four and an eight. <laughs> uh, Kawari, um, you sit out, uh, waiting numbly in the cold uh, for a response. Um, you're, uh, you try and reach out to some higher power, uh, looking for answers, looking for reason, uh, looking for some sort of explanation uh, for who you are, uh, and why these sorts of things happen to you. Uh, your thoughts sort of drift. Uh, you think about Hart, who uh, receives visions uh, seemingly every night uh, and gets more information than he can even process. Uh, you think about Lydia, who is uh, very smoothly and uh from your perspective very easily uh beginning to fill the role 
of a cleric of the Raven Queen. Uh, and uh, she seems to commune with her goddess so easily. Uh, and here you are, uh, bleeding into a cup, waiting for literally anything. And you get nothing. Um, I imagine that this is a conflicting moment for Kawari. Um, and as you're probably looking down at the cup and then back up to the aurora in the sky, uh, your eyes are drawn to your pack, uh, in which you find, or in which you know is the source of any other answers that you seek that don't ask for anything in return. Your books. Mm -hmm. I feel like they will, knowing that they're not going to get a response, they're still going to kind of stay there. Um, just feeling the small prickle of coldness that comes through their skin and there's a frustrating sigh with just this big breath of cold air coming from her. Um, you hear a familiar voice from behind you. Um, and it says, wow, that looks like some shady shit. Um, and like you turn around to like, you know, like you whirl to like, look at like what's like crept up on you. Uh, and a raven kind of flutters backwards um, and like skits, like skitters into the snow uh, and looks back at you. That's uh, rich coming from you, Everest. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Cloth of the Black Swords, uh, Council of Wizards or some shit or other. Well, what can I say? I've got friends in low places. Hmm. Speaking want? of which, uh, a little bird told me that you're going to be looking for these dwarves under the snow. Well, yeah. I've got a little bit of information you might be interested in. Well, I'm not getting a a very uh, helpful conversation tonight from who I was hoping, but I'm happy to listen. Uh, you see the bird kind of eye the chalice that you were looking at. Um, she says, a lot of people, when they get desperate, uh, will look for answers wherever they can get them. And that's kind of how cults get started to begin with. Coming from someone in a cult. There's a difference between being in a cult and leading a cult. Oh, you're leading the cult now, so you're like a step higher up now. Well, ever since the, uh, ever since the coup, uh, I didn't really want the responsibility, but, you know, sometimes your hand gets forced. Mm hmm Mm-hmm. So should I still be worried about the Black Swords or whatever the name that you have is uh, trying to kill us? Or is that like uh, water under the bridge? It can be. 
just don't step on my toes and I won't step on yours. <laughs> what would constitute stepping on your toes? That's a good question. We can talk about it later. Well, we can, I, are you planning on following me? Not finding me later? Cause I got places to be in the morning. Well, if all the prophecies shake out the way that they're supposed to be, we'll see each other again. But for now, um, the bird kind of like hops forward. And whenever Avarice is speaking to you through her familiar, mm -hmm. um, the bird just like literally opens its mouth and it's yeah. like, it, it's like it's just kind of projecting like a walkie talkie or like a tin mm -hmm. can. Um, she says, this Zardarok guy, he thinks he's following his own goddess, but he's not. Mm. Right. Uh, my, my ears in the hells tell me that there's a demon that is actually deceiving him. So, should we be worried about demonic forces then as well? Can't tell for sure. But it is interesting to know. I don't know how much it's going to help you. Uh, it doesn't really change the fact that he's got it out for us no matter what. Yeah, I think the source doesn't matter as long as the outcome is going to be the same. Uh, does Steven have a name or something they call him by? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Wings literally <laughs> forgot. Um, His name is Big Chungus. You know, you could. You I could think it's Asma. I'm pretty sure it's Asmodeus. I thought pretty they sure. followed Asmodeus. They didn't. They do not. Oh. Not at all. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that this this conversation goes exactly like that. Um, she's all like, oh, I always forget this guy's name. Uh, I think it's Asmodeus. And you're like, I thought you worshipped Asmode <laughs> Asmodeus. And she's like, uh-uh. Which, which god, which hell god does your cult worship then? Um, the only one that has anything to do with ice. I forgot his name, but I know who you're talking about. Uh... <laughs> Corey would know it was Levistus. <laughs> Levistus? Oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, we could talk more about this over dinner, should you want it to. Just saying. <laughs> you know what? Uh, once we know for sure that there isn't an army about to break loose and, like, uh, rain the wrong kind of hell on Icewind Dale, uh, we can consider that. Okay, I'm just saying I might die. <laughs> I'll see you on the road. <laughs> Corey's gonna pick up her stuff and just start walking back. I was gonna say, that's not yeah. the pickup line you think it is. <laughs> no, but it's the truth. I never said it was a pickup line. <laughs> why? Because she doesn't have armor, she's gonna say, why do I need the pickup line when I look like this? And then just walk away. <laughs> There's just like a clicking noise from the raven, uh, and it, it like whistles, and then it just leaves. 
Listen, she's got to have some sort of fun this evening. The That's my Goliath. Oh, uh, Corey. That's my Goliath. Corey has got game. I mean, look, at, don't look at me. Look at the little, look at, look at, look at that. Look at that drawing you did of Corey. Don't tell me that's not <laughs> 100% beefcake the other way. Wag you beefcake. Oh my 100% gosh. 100% wag you beefcake. Uh, what's our time look like? All right. Uh, we're coming up on, uh, on time as far as, uh, I want to go. Um, the night passes without, uh, without too much trouble. Uh, regardless of what you may be expecting, uh, considering uh, the words exchanged at the council meeting yesterday. Um, you wake up at the break of dawn, um, and you uh, get up on dog sleds, axe beaks, whatever your preference is for this travel, uh, and you head directly south into the spine of the mountain. Um, you have to travel for maybe about one or two days it's uh mostly quiet uh, and une uneventful uh and you start to come to about the place that you think that the fortress should be and uh quarry as your eyes are tracing the mountain searching for um the oh my goodness uh <laughs> searching for uh any sort of sign of a fortress, uh, you know that Duragar fortresses, uh, just or like just uh, Duragar architecture, architecture in general, is generally um, undecorated, very utilitarian, very mm -hmm. blocky. Um, you are looking for anything that looks like that um, when suddenly there is a rumble that uh, you can feel. Uh, deep in the bones of the earth. Uh, and there is a sound that sounds like a mountain cracking in half. Heart is going to rear back on basket uh, and just sort of like looks over to Kawori. Um, that's not good. With, we should hide. Yeah. He's gonna take Detlef and just keep... God, Axbees have such weird names. I love it. Um, <laughs> they named themselves. That's true. Uh, from high above comes a loud grinding noise as large sheets of ice break off of the fortress walls and tumble down the mountainside. Suddenly, great doors of ice previously hidden under the snow stand open more than 300 feet above you, and from between them flies a huge dragon made of dark ice. Its eyes glow with a bright golden light as it lets out a terrible roar, hurls itself into the air, and glides away from the fortress, then turns north and heads towards Ten Towns. And that's where we're going to leave off for tonight. Bitch, we late. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, big chungus. Maybe next time. Uh, the, the way that this thing roars is like, it, it sounds like metal just kind of like grinding together and like reverberating over and over again within its like, it, within like it, it's, oh my gosh, this thing is terrifying. Like, has anybody seen like the first Thor movie? Yes. 
like the critter from the first Thor movie is what I imagine that this, mm. this guy to be like, uh, where it just like literally shoots lasers out of its face. That's good, especially since it is leaving with a quickness away from us. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I, we won't. I hate it. Hey, guess what, gang? The guests have to take care of this problem, it would seem. <laughs> so with that, I'd like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop on by and join us for this wonderful session of Dungeons & Dragons. This was Rhyme of the Frost Maiden Part 23, Council of Speakers. I would like to say, first and foremost, Danae, thank you so much for running this game. We had a blast. Downtime always ends with a bang on this channel. Where can we find you? What do you do? Hi, everybody. I'm Wings, also known as Danae Keener. You can find me at DanaeKeener.com. I do nerdy drawings mostly related to D&D &D and a lot of things on this channel. You can also find me at Danae Keener on Twitter. I've got a pinned tweet that shows my schedule and all of the things that I'm up to over there. So go and check it out. DanaeKeener.com everyone i stopped eating noodles at just the right time <laughs> my name's satan uh and i play glory here on sunday night so it's gonna say thursday we got we just wrapped that up we're so hard tonight i don't know why but uh if you like to see um more of my words not getting uh messed up because i can think about them before i push that tweet button you can follow me on twitter alice vamp right in there um uh, two piece um i post artwork i talk about games i post what i a part of um right now i have some commissions open for some really cool uh black and white vintage portraits of your ocs if you would like to um and you can find me on many other games uh you can find me here thursday nights again soon uh and as well as on uh, Sunday mornings, you can find me over at the Hypegoblin YRDM for a few friends of mine. Uh, and uh, picking back up next month, you can find me over at Plot Hunters. We're an all LGBTQIA plus channel and POC channel. So if you like supporting those places, come uh, watch us. We're going to start on some under, under dark adventures. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but that's me. Thank you to that come. Oh, hi. It's me, uh, Liz Mack. And you can find me here on Twitch at LizMac or on Twitter at LizMacD22. Uh, when I'm not here every Sunday night in the frosty cold. You're really quiet. I don't know why. What? Yep. Super quiet. Hi, just follow me on Twitter. Also, I make a game called Operation Tango. It's really fun. You should play it. Uh, normally, the speech is a lot better, but uh, apparently my microphone is a piece of crap. DanaeKeener.com. And if you've made it this far, you probably already know who I am. But if you don't, hey, Acorns, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the indoor adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash indooradventures. We do shows like this on Monday and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as well as on Sundays at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If this is your first time joining us, you can go to youtube.com slash indooradventures to check up on all of the VODs of each of the games that we have played up until this point including full playthroughs of Tomb of Annihilation, Curse of Strahd, Ghost of Saltmarsh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, Tyrant Security, and now Masks, our Green Sun campaign, can also be found in its entirety on that YouTube as well. Um, 
we're also available anywhere audio casts are made available for free and speaking of things that are being made available for free we are going to be going into our patreon supported after show called nights in the courtyard where we answer questions not only from the community but also from each other so if you have any questions that you would like to ask myself or any of these other fine folk feel free to join us on that patreon and we will do our best to respond in kind but until then i'd like to say once again thank you to everybody who decided to stop on by thank you to danae for putting up with our bullshit once again this week and we'll see all of you guys next time all right everybody bye bye